everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Yes, yes. Let the hate flow through you. Oh, God almighty. <laughs> I have no voice today, so thankfully, a uh, friend of the show, Andrew Bloom of the Andrew Blog, is going to... Uh, help us because this is the best my voice can do uh and give i I actually lost it screaming this episode while watching it because it's that bad it is even worse than i remembered (laughs) um yeah matt it took matt's voice away matt matt is uh matt is struggling he's 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 uh working it's basically the only time we can record so we are uh making the best of the situation we did we have invited as matt has mentioned andrew andrew bloom of the andrewblog.net and in many places on the internet to come join us for this one to help spell Matt and his voice, but also just to talk about this very important episode. It is an important episode of The Simpsons. Andrew, how are you? I am doing well, Robbie, and may I say thank you for having me back, despite the fact that I did play in a Pearl Jam cover band called Oyster Jelly. So really, really appreciate the grace there. That's not a good... I don't like that. I don't like that Oyster Jelly. That's not a... I'm not... I'm not I'm not gonna be nice about this episode, I don't think. I think I've decided. I, I'm not gonna be generous. I, I I watched this and I really was I was I've seen this episode before. This is not a surprise to me, but it is, as Matt has already said, it is worse than I remember. Maybe it's because I've watched a slew of these episodes in a row and they have set me up for this, but <laughs> this is just it is i just i roll i should have i really wish i kept count of how many times i rolled my eyes because it might have broached double digits it could have every time there's a 90s reference uh, i feel like the rolling of the eyes had to commence because it was always part of a list of multiple 90s references oh boy the 90s references if this is a drinking game you drank every time there's a 90s reference you would die of alcohol poisoning it would be too much uh hi hello we are brought to you by supports on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, you can access all of our bonus podcasts. For $5 a month, you can access to early new episodes early and uncut, all the bonus podcasts, and our entire back catalog of all the old episodes that have fallen off the feed, remastered to sound slightly better. Only slightly. It's all I can promise. Uh, you should definitely go subscribe because it helps out the show. This week's episode is That 90s Show. Episode K, BFO4, originally aired January 27th, 2008, written by Matt Selman, directed by Mark Kirkland, received a 4.4 rating with 7.5 million viewers. That seems low. Um, that, that four number seems low. Um, e Pluribus Wiggum did 4.7. Eternal Moonshine did 6. So maybe people are... Certainly tune Maybe out. Maybe people realized how bad this was going to be. Maybe. Uh, the couch gag, family sitting on the couch, screens, zooms out to show them as a painting in a museum. The handwritten caption uh, in French, this is not a couch gag. I, this I, may be the funniest thing in the episode, honestly, which is not a good sign. But anytime they're they're making reference to Dadaist artwork, it's a good good fodder for a couch gag. It is by, I'm 100% agreeing with you, Andrew. This is the best thing in this episode. Uh, I don't think it's a close call, honestly. Um, I think the answer is they should have been doing a spoof of 1920s culture rather than 1990s culture. <sighs> oh <boy. laughs> Anytime I can get a sigh like that out of Rob, it's, doing a good job. Get ready, guys. Listeners out there, get ready. There's going to be some sighing. Hope, strap in. 
Um, this episode guest stars Kurt Loader as himself. Is it is that been long enough that we need to re- re- explain who Kurt Loader is? Absolutely. Yes. When was the last time you you referenced Kurt Loader or anyone knew who he was or he was on TV at all? I don't think he retired that long ago from MTV, but it's over a decade, probably more. Maybe I'm just old. Kurt Loader was a guy on MTV, and he was it, I don't know carried the identity. He was one of the faces of MTV, especially in, you know, late 80s and 90s, I think. That... He was also the only person on MTV over 30 for, like, a good 10 years or so. That's, yeah, I fair. He, Kurt Loder kind of carried the Gen X uh, generation into MTV and through the 90s. Um, yeah, because most of MTV's staff in the 90s were, like, either very young Gen X or elder millennials. So Kurt Loder was, like, the solidly almost boomer-esque uh, presence. No, Carson Daly? Not a Carson Daly fan? No. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and Weird Al asked himself, uh, if I had mentioned that, uh, Weird Al is lovely. I can't say a bad word about Weird Al. He's a Who wonderful, can? He's a wonderful man. Um, okay. Okay. This episode begins... With uh, it's winter time, uh, and the family is freezing. They are shivering in front of a fireplace, a roaring fire. If the fire is roaring, I don't see how they'd be so cold. But whatever, doesn't matter. Um, I don't know, and I don't. I, I again, it doesn't need to be uh, the family suffering to get us into this story. It's just a simple flashback. They can use a lot of a lot of different frame narratives to get us into this flashback, but instead they have the family suffering in the winter time because Homer has not paid the heating bill. He blames Al Gore because uh, global warming isn't doing a good enough job. Which I foo boy. Um, I'm gonna save my all the. This feels like a very '90s joke about it's anti- so stupid. I I want to comment, but I just. I don't want to give it any time. It, Matt, Matt, dumb. I want you to save your your quips for when you're really feeling strongly about something. Okay. So you don't uh, further damage your voice. Um, he blames Al Gore. There's a list joke. Uh, you, I, hey, hey, how how do you guys feel about list jokes? If you have something that's unfunny, but you repeat it multiple times in different ways and just have a repetition and progress of unfunny things, that magically makes them funny because that's how comedy works. That is how comedy works. I I believe I see that you've read the Simpsons writer's handbook for the for the season 19 um, because it was uh, written on the back of a cocktail. napkin. Oh, boy. Uh, thrown in the garbage and retrieved. They have done list jokes for, I see every episode of season 19 so far. This episode is, I think it's worse when you've watched all these episodes in a row. That is one of the reasons you just recognize all these, all these, uh, all these things. They go back to the well, uh, the list jokes. And there's at least three instances of it in this might be more. I maybe went into a fugue state at multiple times while watching this episode, uh, so I can't be sure, but we get a list joke about them burning things to keep themselves, uh, warm, uh, including a record player, uh, magazines, old magazines, including Red Book and Popular Science. I'm not sure what the joke is about burning Red Book. Is there a joke? It feels like they're all really old magazines. I, okay, I, I okay, man, I... I agree. I but where's the joke in that? Where's the funny part? They have is it the joke is oh look the Simpsons have old magazines. I think the joke is that they're like oh 
This is a list of old things. Ah, That's funny. Okay, fair enough. This is where we get the, uh, the, I'll say this, at least this may be weirdly cruel, but it does get us to the flashback relatively fast. Uh, it's not fast enough. Honestly, this episode does not have enough time for all the things it tries to cram into it. Uh, it feels incredibly rushed. It doesn't really cover anything, any of its plot points with enough time and development. Um, but Bart wants to burn this box he's found. And Marge yells, no, we can't burn that. That is my memory box. Is this a real thing? The memory idea of a boxes? memory box or Marge. Yes. No, the me- I, I've never heard the phrase memory box before. Robbie, I'm really? going to blow I, your mind. I, I have a memory box, and it has precious items from my past and, you know, people, uh, artifacts and things of, okay. you know, Can I, experiences okay. I've had. Okay, Andrew, well, I've, I'm going to drill down to this just for a moment. Isn't that just a box? I mean, I also have a lot of keepsakes and and things that are I find valuable, you know, that have happened in my life. I have, like, sitting on my shelf, I can, within eyesight is a trophy I got playing high school sports. Uh, a scholar athlete of the year to my own horn for just one moment when I was 17 toot toot um you deserve it I like I, I but I also have things in boxes that I think are that I hold sentimental value over they but I don't call them memory boxes I just call them boxes I mean I, I have a specific memory box that if that's the term that I use for it that has uh, you know like the program from my high school graduation or a uh, trying to think you know like a a t-shirt from a play that i was in back in the day that sort of thing and it's just you know stuff that i wouldn't necessarily put on a shelf but has sentimental value in a way that makes me not want to throw it away and it goes in the memory box okay fair enough marge but marge didn't did invent this term i just have never heard it before um my mother is a very sentimental person she does not have any memory boxes and that's usually my go-to for references i i got the term from my dad so maybe it's a boomer thing I mean, my mother is absolutely a boomer, but who knows? Um, hey, hey, guys! I want you guys to get your your get ready because uh, we reveal we open up the box. We sp- Bart spills the box open onto the floor, and we see that Marge inside is ma- multiple things, but really we focus in on a college diploma, a degree. Marge graduated from college. We've never heard this before, and this is when this is our segue into the flashback. Mom, I didn't know you went to college. Yeah, you always said that after high school, Dad blessed you with the unplanned miracle of me. Hey, parents are allowed to keep some secrets. Like which kid's their favorite? It's Lisa. You know, Mom and Dad are almost 40 and Bart is 10. That means you didn't have him until way after high school. Yeah, what happened while I was chilling in Dad's junk? There is a part of our past that we haven't told you kids about. A turbulent part. Come on, more turbulent than now? We're in every kind of therapy. Things happened between your mother and me that we're not proud of. It was the middle of a wild decade known as the 1990s. The 90s? Never heard of it. Oh, it was a wonderful time. The Iraq War was over once and for all. A struggling Matt Groening created Futurama. And young people believed in their dreams, thanks to a TV show called Melrose Place. Hey, remember what we said about list jokes? <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind this necessarily. This matches the form they've used for most of the flashback episodes. 
where they go, this is this is this time period, and here's the things that were happening, here are some references. I don't mind that. However, this episode is like a shotgun of 90s references to the face, and this is just the start of it. Also, what year was this episode supposed to, the, what year are the episode, the, the flashbacks in the episode meant to take place in? Uh, I think it it has to be the 90s. 99. <laughs> 99 90 well it, they, it has to be 99 because at the end of it they're like well you know we're we're supposed to have the sydney olympics coming and it's the end of the clinton administration so it takes place at least close to 1999 okay i just i, I it feels like this is this episode like what you said matt this episode just takes place in the 90s and i'm like trying to scramble to try and like to like and here, this is a perfect example. We start off, we, we have a, a reference to Melrose Place right away, and that is what kicks off the flashback, is where Marge and Homer are living in an apartment complex that is a la Melrose Place, where we see other Springfieldians, also young couples, also living there. I think the, my primary memory is Kirk and Luann, and Luann is cheating on Kirk, and there's a joke about him having a computer at, on the side of the pool. And try to download a picture in six hours. That Melrose Place is not a Melrose Place is not happening in 1999. I that's I I don't know what. Yeah, and that's a, I I think it, it, this speaks to a larger criticism of this episode. Oh, there, which of which I have many many criticisms of this episode. I feel like I'm becoming a meme at this point, but angry Simpsons nerd, but. <laughs> Very the the, and you mentioned this in your review, Andrew, and I, I it's it's a good time as any to talk about the references. Yeah, it Oof. is it is endless. It is nonstop. Every moment, every screen, every line. It seems like it is couched in '90s references. Every single thing screams at you. This is the '90s, and you mention like. The, the every joke in this episode is is about the 90s there are no jokes that do not revolve around the fact that it is the 90s there's no joke coming from character there's no joke coming from the situation the all the jokes are be are 90s that's it that's all they have and and andrew you reference the other flashback episodes the the classics so to speak absolutely and they reference the time periods they and they reference pop culture in the time periods they end but I think you make a very good point when you say they are of the time period. You are in the late 70s. You're in the early 80s or mid 80s. You are not. It is not about that time period. It is not about those the pop culture of the time. I, I think that's exactly right. And I think one of the big problems with this episode is that it is a 90s spoof. It's a 90s pastiche. It's not as though they're just flashing back in the same way that they did in those previous episodes and happen to have updated it to the 90s, which I, I think would cause issues with folks no matter what, but would be more defensible than what they do, which is basically turn this into a VH1 I Love the 90s episode so they can just randomly poke fun at whatever 90s stuff they remember without it having anything to do with what the characters are going through. And not only that, it gets in the way of what the characters are going through. They don't have time to deal with what could be a decent conflict between Homer and Marge because they have to say, hey, remember Melrose Place? And the answer is there's nothing there. You know, the reason you don't remember anything else about 
about the Melrose Place sequence is that they do it for two seconds and then move on to whatever the next reference is. There's just there's no substance behind it. Yeah, there there is no substance. And I think that's like I went back and I looked through I Married Marge again just to refresh myself because this in this and I think this is the other thing that people I think misconstrue about this episode. It's not really it's not necessarily a full retcon. It does a weird in-between thing where it's not a full retcon, but is also sort of it's also trying to introduce new new background to the characters, to the family. But it's not necessarily not. I mean, the fact that it takes place in 1999 or whatever does would completely like basically dismiss all the other flashback episodes. But it says it takes place basically after they've graduated high school and before Bart has been born. And it ends, spoilers, with them having sex in the mini golf course, effectively. And they have a we introduce right into I Married March. So it's not necessarily like making all those old flashback episodes disappear, but it is trying to like have a have its cake and eat its too, where it's like, oh, well, this episode takes place in the late 90s. And it's before Bart is born, and Bart was still conceived at the mini golf course, and they were still at roughly the same time of their lives when you know they when they had him. But here's the thing that happened in between. It's very strange to me, also, that they have just the secret shame that Marge graduated from college. Oh. You're not ashamed of such things, Robbie. I mean, education is terrible. How dare anybody try to better themselves through institutions of public learning? Also, the the version of the the college class that March went to is possibly the worst college class I've ever seen in my life, and seems to have <laughs> sprouted fully formed from the the fever dreams of every conservative ever. <laughs> I would be ashamed of that too. It's it's so strange because you can March could easily say, "Yeah, I graduated college." Uh, I'd really like to know what can do. Did they even at any point say what degree Marge has? What kind of degree it is? I assume it's a, a bachelor, a BA, well, but I don't know. College? Did they ever say she graduated? Well, there's a degree, Matt. I don't know. I assume that you you don't unless oh. she like bought that somewhere. But I assume I that mean... she graduated. But they the don't... only class we we hear is protest studies, so I assume it's a degree in protest studies. Okay, it's some liberal arts degree. I is like so it's like we get like it's some like a you know sociology something maybe it doesn't matter because this never comes up ever again, and it not is not ultimately about Marge getting an education, which would be an interesting thing for an episode to be about. If you're going to do a flashback with Marge in college and Homer not, Homer trying to, hey, here, let's just, let's get on with this terrible episode. So, they are living in Melrose Place, so effectively, Mar okay, this is, I don't know how we're going to get through this whole thing in less than five hours, because every single fact <laughs> they reveal, it is bonkers. It is just bewildering to me. Where, because we, we find that we have the Melrose Place stuff for, you know, like Andrew said, a couple seconds. And then we have Marge and Homer in uh, Ikea, like, like mats, effectively. They're laying on the ground. I don't know wh what they're talking about with, you can get a sofa, a sofa bed at Ikea for $100. I don't know why they're sleeping on the ground. Whatever. Homer wants to have sex. Marge Probably says. This was the 90s. There were only four Ikeas in all the U.S. Close enough for them to go to one. Um, 
Homer wants to have sex. Marge says, I want to wait until we're married. What? What is this? What? I have no, this is, this is the weirdest thing in the world. Like, okay, okay. Like, why are we retconning everything right away? What is this? There Are they, like, Marge is suddenly a Puritan? Oh, like, yes, I must wait till I'm married. Why? They're not, she's not like, I, okay. They're both, like, they are of the hippie generation. Free love, etc. No, we're gonna we're gonna be. Oh, we have to mean we have to stay pure until we're married. Why? Why does Marge care? Well, you see, Robbie, she turned down the advances of Artie Artie Ziff. I was gonna say Artie Pie, which would be a very different episode. Oh, no. <laughs> she turned down the advances of Artie Ziff on prom night, which means that she is a prude. That's that's just a. Uh, stone cold fact at this point and the the new writers had no no opportunity no option but to take that as far as it could possibly go it's just and it's it's a throwaway line it ultimately doesn't matter really because it never comes up again I, i like i think it's just to explain why they haven't had kids yet but has anyone explained to the simpson writers that condoms did exist in the 90s birth control did exist in the 90s no there is a reference to a latex condo once upon a time, so presumably at least some writers knew about them. <laughs> some writers, they were they, some writers had the had the well, knowledge. Problem is, all the writers on this show are men, so obviously they have no idea what birth control is. But also, all of the writers on this show are nerds, so I'm not sure they've ever you know in, engaged Ooh, in delicate acts before. Ooh, Ooh dang! <laughs> oh snap! <laughs> it's, the, it's the married with children audience noise. Woo! I wish I could. I need to get a, like a sound, like a clip of that, because that is. I love it. It's so stupid. Um, and here is another bewildering fact: is Homer is part of a R and B group with Lenny, Carl, and Lou. I think you mean Lou the cop, because that's that's the name that he sings. I hate it, Andrew. I hate it. I can't. He is not. There is not here. This is a nice. I'll, I'll bring this up probably about a hundred times while we're talking tonight. There is not a deg- one ounce of earnestness in this episode. There is not a, a moment where the writers are not writing about everything with about four degrees of irony. Like there is not a moment where they write this episode like these people like they are real. They are all. Firmly know they all know they are in a TV show. They might as well be staring at the camera as they say every line. Why do you have Lou say Lou the cop? He's not a cop yet. Because how else are you supposed to recognize him without his hat? Andrew, I just to be very clear, I am two beers deep because I needed it before we started recording. And I'm still you're every time you say something, I just want to throw. I want to grab something on my desk and I just want to throw it because it just makes me so upset. Um, this is a message to Robbie's cats to stay off of his desk, please. I would never throw my cats. I love my cats, dear. Oh, that's good. Marge apparently has been trying to get into college. Okay. Why? Can I ask that question? Why? That part makes sense to me. She's She was a good student in high school. It's something that she aspired to. She was somebody who took education seriously from what we saw in other flashbacks. It is plausible to me in a way very little else in this episode is that she would want to go to college and it's have that attainment for it herself. Is, Andrew, it is not – my problem is not the fact that she wants to go to college. It is – my problem is I want to know why. 
I want to I want to have Marge tell me or show me why she wants to go back to college in more than a single scene in a single line that m- maybe it takes 20 seconds. I don't know. It's not very very Robbie, clear. That's, that's 20 seconds that that they could fill the 90s joke, so obviously it had to go. I was just say, how are we supposed to learn about Top Ramen if we do that, Robbie? <sighs> there is some references to Top Ramen here because they're poor. They don't have much money. Homer is, um, what is he? What is his current job? I don't know. He see the like. Is he, he just so has the bad. he has the band. That's it. That's yeah. That, we that's don't his get job. what his actual like. He's in the flashback episodes. Oh, he's working at the bowling alley. He's work, like he's. You know, he's trying – he has a job, enough of a job. Marge is also working. They're both working to 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 pay the rent to make do. I don't even know what Homer's job is at the moment, but Marge wants to go into college. Okay. I'm fine with that. I think that's great, honestly. Like, they, there's, there's foundational elements here that could make for a really good episode of The Simpsons and be interesting and really – explore and add depth to these characters like that's the whole thing about these flashback episodes despite the fact that they're really for a very long time they're only those the three foundational flashback episodes they did so much work in making the rest of the episodes feeling so much bigger and more meaningful because they've established what it took to get this family started and every step along the way there was only until you know until we get to the the latter years of The Simpsons, where they start throwing in a bunch of flashback episodes that are all garbage, um, they really help the show. And this episode starts this stuff that doesn't give us anything and then goes off in weird tangents. I don't know. I have no idea. Is you going to say something? No, I, I totally agree with that. I think one of the great things about those past episodes is there is some relatable obstacle for everyone to overcome, at least in the main part of those things. And that just, it doesn't take place here. They're spending too much time on nineties references. They're spending too much time on setting up things that they don't pay off. There's, there is a substance to those old episodes that doesn't find purchase here. And it, it's a wasted opportunity. If you were going to do a retcon, you should do it for a reason. And I don't think there's a good one here. Yeah. Um, Marge wants to go to college. In Homer, this is and this is like the thing where like, oh, here's something. This is something. This is this is this is valuable. This is interesting. This is hey, this is a demonstration of why we like Homer. Why Homer for so long was such a relatable everyman in in like that heart of gold that that at the at his core he is a good man trying his best despite the fact that he is, has severe falls. And it's like, oh well, Mars really wants to try wants to go to college. They can't afford it. It costs too much money. So Homer says, no, you deserve to go to college. I want, I want to make sure that you get to go. I will we'll find a way to pay for it. And they have Homer work at a laser tag uh, center. But it is not just any laser tag center. It is Grandpa's laser tag center. Abe's laser tag center. Why? Is Abe running a laser tag center? Can anyone explain this to me? Well, Robert, you see, in the 90s, laser tag was a big deal. So, yeah. Also, I suppose the the next best thing is that every laser tag uh, place in the U.S. in the 90s was run by a cranky old man who hated laser tag 
And actually, uh, the, all the employees were high school and college kids who didn't care at all about their jobs. So it is kind of perfect for Abe and Homer to run the place like that. Can I immediately, I am like within a moment of introspection, can I immediately propose an alternative that is way better, that is more interesting and more fun, and also gives us the chance to have get more, better gags about Homer getting hurt? And that is, why isn't this paintball? Because paintball existed both before and after the 1990s. And I suppose Laserdag did too, but was having a moment in the 90s. And I don't know if you've realized this about this episode, Robbie, but at every second, if the characters aren't talking about the 90s, then some 90s reference needs I, to be on the screen just, to like, remind the this, audience. This could just be Herman running a, a, a paintball center and the, Homer getting shot with paintballs. It's perfect. It's right there. Well, like, there is literally King of the Hill episodes an episode of King of the Hill that takes place up around paintball in the late 90s. Why on earth? Okay. All right. Marge goes to college. We don't, we just cut to it. Homer works at laser tag and that apparently that's enough money to pay for Marge's tuition. Marge goes to a, like Matt said earlier, a class that does not exist or ever really. I don't know what this is. What class? We don't even know what class it is. It is just a class. I believe he writes it down as cultural studies. Again, not a class. Not a, it not, yeah, this is, it's very vague. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but this is where we meet effectively the antagonist of this episode, Stefan August, who is the professor. This place is just like the brochure. Autumn leaves, bull sessions. And that is why the Lord of the Rings can never be filmed. Fraternity pledges in their beanies? I think I'm gonna like it here. So, have you all bought the required textbooks for this class? Good. Now throw them all away. What? Everything you think you know about history is a lie. For example, the Founding Fathers. What did they have in common? They defied a king? They created a system of checks and balances? Wrong! They were all white, Protestant, property-owning males. <gasps> Are you saying that America was founded on misconceptions? Who said that? Uh -huh. Hmm, that is exactly what I'm saying. Fall semester, you just got interesting. I hate this so much because for, because of one word he says wrong when they say those things and then proceeds to talk over them. No, they are right, but he is also right. Like that's the thing that bugs me about this this faded you know liberal boogeyman is that yeah you're both right. You know you have to look at it from a whole perspective, and I hate this guy so much because he says like things that are half true. He is the Ben Shapiro of left wing <laughs> politics, and it doesn't <laughs> exist in the real world. It makes me so mad. I hate him. <laughs> I mean, I th I think there there is a there is a line here, like of how he is like there is like that. Oh well, he has to be annoying. Like he is obviously he is he is going to be the antagonist of this episode. He's a villain. He's trying to split up Marge and Homer. Um, he never has an ounce of substance. We, at least we are never shown it. Um, and I think that's also like 
if he was just a real pro- a real character, like he had some a little bit of depth, not a lot, just something that shows that he's he has a life outside of this episode that he does things aside from just try and woo Marge away from Homer. Okay, that's something, but yeah, you want him to be a little annoying. You want to key the audience that he we're supposed to root against this guy, but he is occupies that area, that territory where I can't. I can't get past the fact that he is just obnoxious and I don't, he is go away heat. I've used that phrase before uh, on the show for all the non-wrestling fans, but for the wrestling fans, they know what I'm talking about, but he just, I don't want to, I don't, he doesn't make me upset at him and make me want to see him lose. I just want to turn the show off. I just want to turn the TV off because he's just so annoying. He's such a stereotype of, something i don't know what like of that uber liberal college professor how i i know that the simpsons writers have that they went to college i know that like i i took english classes i took a lot of classes like and not one professor was ever like this dozens of people none of them like this and it's just who is this supposed to represent who is this what is this supposed to be so i'll jump in here my wife had the exact same reaction you did, Robbie. I have indoctrinated her to the point where she did, in fact, use the term uh, X-Pac heat to describe how she felt hey, about this Andrew, guy. Andrew, you know when I called your wife a cop a few weeks ago? I take it I back. I do? I take it back. Well, it's, it's very kind of you. Yeah, I appreciate I that, Robbie. But, but what I will say is I knew this guy when I was in college. Granted, he was a TA, not a professor, but there's – you know, an exaggerated version of somebody who at least I experienced in my life. And I think that's why I'm I'm more receptive to this spoof than, you know, Matt, you are and Robbie, you are as well. It feels like like everything in The Simpsons, an exaggerated version of a real person. But I, I knew at least one dude who was like this. And so seeing somebody who's meant to spoof that in some way, seeing somebody who has these supercilious condescending qualities and self-informed opinions about everything it it hit home in a way that i guess it sounds like it didn't for other folks who watched the episode and i i think i'm i'm warmer on this character and the role that he plays as an obvious douche than i think the two of you are he's all i mean it's just he's also such a scumbag i feel like i know marge is relatively young in this episode like early 20s is I what we're supposed to like but I, well despite well that's not I guess that's not true because she's about to get be pregnant with 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 Bart that would make her in her mid 20s at least playing very fast and loose with all of the chronology of the Simpsons so I don't I just all it does when when Marge falls for these very obvious lies and facades and games this man is playing with her it just makes me think Marge is stupid for falling for all this nonsense and resent her. And also I guess it was the nineties, but, and it's not like this stuff doesn't happen today, but professors are definitely not supposed to be hitting on students and dating them. etc. So none of those red flags for Marge, none of those things go, Hey Marge, maybe this guy isn't what he seems. Maybe you should question him once. Or twice about these things he's doing. Nothing. We get nothing. Um, but also, don't worry. We move on real quick about all this stuff. Um, Homer uh, is 
working at the laser tag center, trying to pay Marge's way through college. And we get a scene where Marge tells Homer about her professor, and we actually he meets Stefan. This book sucks so much! Homie, my mind has been opened in so many ways! Did you know that every U.S. president has been a straight white man? Even Walt Disney? And did you also know that history is written by the winners? Really? I thought it was written by losers! <laughs> if you think that, you should meet my new professor. Professor August has shown me a side of the world I never know. Professor August, eh? Who is he? Some gray-haired old bookworm? Uh, not exactly. Marge, I hope I'll be seeing you tomorrow during office hours. <laughs> Three to five, right? My beads are parted. Come right in. I will. To the faculty club! <gasps> I never heard that noise before. Are you sick? Mm, I wonder what's on your mind. This is how mature relationships proceed and adults act. Just, uh, you know, for, for the listeners who have not reached that point in their lives yet, this is totally how people are. Yes, they never tell each other about potential threats to their relationship or how they're feeling. As long as you bottle it up inside, it can never hurt your relationship. I, my, like, all those things are true. Like, again, like I said, there is no very little earnestness in any any of the writing in this episode. So it's very often, like, they everyone is speaking ironically like three or four times removed from what an actual person would say but who am i rooting for in this episode kurt loader <laughs> i mean I obviously no weird al i mean okay yeah, i'm nothing yeah, against right. nothing that's against right. kurt loader i am always rooting for weird al i wish him nothing but the best hope he's always successful in whatever he's, his next endeavor is but the whole those i go back Again, I always like, okay, let's go back to the those original trio of flashback episodes. Despite the fact that you know that Homer and Marge make it out, they, they are a couple today, obviously everything works out for them. When they're presented with problems, trials, tribulations, I'm rooting for them. I want them to work their way through it. I want them to find a way to 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 get back together. And I'm going, yes, Homer and Marge, they obviously are meant for each other. They work so well together. I want to see them be a couple. Everyone in this episode, I don't like them. Like even Homer, I even despite the fact that Homer really does nothing wrong. Like, the, and that's the also the craziest thing about this episode. Homer is for once not a jerk. Homer is the person who's just like, yeah, I'll just be very supportive and get screwed over for no real reason. But still, I don't like him. I uh, maybe it's because he's so stupid here where it's very clearly like, are you the biggest idiot in the world, Homer? You don't notice that this this professor has has plans for your your for your, for your girlfriend. You're not going to talk to her about it, at least. No, no. OK, no. <sighs> Why? OK, let's take a drink. If they talked about it, Robbie, then we couldn't have further yeah. conflicts in the episode. I know. We can't have a conversation. Conversation, again, Andrew, I think you just summed it up. Conversation solves this problem. Conversation makes this episode not happen. So, we go to commercial. So I, I, more to the point, I, I think if you have a conversation, then that would mean having to actually delve into the underlying issue of Homer and Marge potentially 
having different wants in life and going down different paths and having to deal with the awkwardness of Homer's good works, making that difference possible. And we can't do that because we have to reference Nirvana. Oh boy. Hey, how do you guys feel about Nirvana? Generally pro. Yeah. Yes, I, also pro. Generally pro myself. Uh, this episode makes me wish that Nirvana never existed. It's it's not Nirvana's fault that this episode came out, Robbie. That's unfair. <laughs> I, I know it is. I know it's unfair. But still. Uh, we come back from personal seven minutes and two seconds. Uh, Matt is not going to be doing his normal second act because he has no voice. I will be... be I will be... I hope you guys like my voice. Really sorry. Um, we cut back to the frame story where the gas man has arrived to turn the gas back on. And he wants to tell them about his own lost love or something. Okay. All right. Sure. All right. Whatever. Um, it's an excuse for a. It's not a good joke. Um, so we we get away from the frame story from the present day. We go back to the flashback. Um, again, how do you? What do you guys think about '90s references? You you a big fan? I I don't mind the fact that they do 90s references, or at least I wouldn't if there was a joke there. There's not even a joke for most of these things. It's just like, hey, remember Beanie Babies? Here's a Beanie Baby. Isn't that funny? It, no, it's not. Just the existence of 90s things is not in and of itself a we joke. I mean, it hey, kind of is, but, you, but not enough. Andy, we ha- Andrew, we have not gone to the Beanie Babies yet. Okay, that's the third Sorry, act. I'm, I'm How dare you? We got, other, we got Zima and Seinfeld first. So uh, Marge is basically falling into this into the trap she's falling into this trap of this professor because he is telling her the most basic of historical facts and marge is apparently blown away by them (laughs) it is just terrible um marge tries to talk to homer about it sort of and we just get a barrage of 90s references <laughs> oh, Elaine, will you ever find someone who's sponge worthy? Professor August says the situation comedy is a doomed genre. Here's what I say to that no soup for you, because I am master of my domain, Newman. Hmm, I wish you would support my comments. Hey, I worked hard all day to pay for your education. Can I get all zemed up and have my best girl put salve on my laser burns? Hmm, are the lasers supposed to burn you? Apparently, if all the kids fire at your stomach at once, it adds up. Science. That's how science works. I I went back to I Married Marge. I said that already. And I looked at how many times they referenced pop culture in the episode. At least in the flashback itself, okay? In the in the in the um frame story, the narrative around in the present day. They reference other things. But in the flashback, in that time period, they make three references. Three references to modern, of the time, modern pop culture. In, what, 15 minutes more of what of that, of that episode that takes place in the past? Three references. There are three quotes from Seinfeld in this one scene. Why? Why is this here? I'm going to propose something here, Robbie. It may be spoofing a certain type of young gentleman who doesn't really exist in the real world, who substitutes quoting 90s television shows for having a personality. Not that I would know anything about that. Andrew? That's the best I got. Andrew, I really, I mean, how are they 
Has egg council gotten to you too? <laughs> it, I mean, it is the season for the egg council right now. That's very true. This episode comes out on Easter, on Easter Sunday. Um, I did mention, I, w- I w- here, before we get too far ahead, I did want to mention the one time that I did, I did not laugh, but I did smile uh, when Marge referenced in the earlier clip in the first act, when Marge references the, 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 the frat, the frat uh, members and their beanies when she's watching, she's, she's looking at Hillel <laughs> and the, I, that made me smile. I went, okay, Marge, that you got me on that one. As the show's Hebraic correspondent, I will I'll concur on that. And I also like comic book guy saying that the Lord of the Rings can never be filmed because, again, not that I would know anything about this, but sometimes certain nerds can make grand declarative statements that don't have a real basis in reality. I mean, I would for until that until Peter Jackson made those movies, I 100 percent agreed with comic book guy in that statement, at least. I still think they're a miracle that those, those movies happened. Um, but. I I appreciate the attempt, Andrew. I just can't buy that. It just, it, especially considering the whole rest of this episode, where and it's just like, oh, and there's Zima, and like they say Zima. Marge is uh, reading Howard Zinn, like oh, Marge is suddenly like reading. Okay, all right. What does that inform? What does that say? What is what is the point? trying to be charitable here i think the point is is that homer and marge's interests are diverging that homer is sitting there watching sitcoms on television and marge is trying to expand her mind with people's history of the united states and that there's less and less common ground between them you would need some real conversations between the two of them and not rubbing salve on laser tag burns to really draw that out but I think that's what they're trying to convey with all of this. <laughs> I'm like, I just want scenes where people talk. <laughs> oh my lord! No, Robbie, you need more '90s references. That's uh, where real humor and real pathos comes from. So, oh Matt, oh man, um, you're really going into that Darth Sidious uh, uh, <laughs> impression you were working on at the beginning of the intro. Um, yes, more '90s references. <laughs> 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 oh my god um marge while she's rubbing salve on homer's laser tag burns i don't think that's a sentence that might not have ever been said in the history of humanity um she cannot not stop picturing stefan professor august it's all she can see is him she has an infatuation with him i don't mind that marge has a crush on a professor that's opening her mind and teaching her new things. I would like for her to have even a moment of introspection, a moment, a single scene where she thinks about why she's thinking like this, why this is happening to her, why she has this crush, why she feels this way. Can we not just stop? (sighs) No, the answer is no. Sorry. Um, we learn this is when we finally learn his first name, which is Stefan. Again, which just feels like it's crafted to make me so hateful. Um, <laughs> uh, this is where I write in the notes. What the hell class does he teach? Because we it, at least hear one mention of protest studies later in the episode. I think. It, yeah, but like every single time we cut to this classroom, he's teaching a wildly disparate thing. This is not how college works. 
That's not. Well, if you've never been to college, aka if you're the target audience of The Simpsons in the uh, late 2000s, aka Middle America, this is what you think college is. See, Matt, I don't want to be that cynical. Okay, I want. I don't want them. To, I don't want to think that they are just targeting this at the lowest common denominator and who they think their audience is, which is a person who hasn't gone to college. I don't want that to be true. I don't want it to be true. I want it to be. I mean, if you look at the humor of the Simpsons in the period of, oh, let's say all of George W. Bush's presidency. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, being being the most being as generous as possible, I think it's supposed to try to be an exaggerated spoof of college. And obviously this isn't actually how college works, but they're trying to put it. Reflected in a funhouse mirror to try to poke fun at it, but they, I mean, God help them, they're just not as good at it. <laughs> just, oh, well, those 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 scamps. Just I not... mean, like, you know, Homer goes to college is not necessarily the perfect representation of what a collegiate education is like, but it's funny and it makes you forgive the ways in which it stretches the bonds of reality. And I, that's not something that this episode can rely on in the same way. I do want to mention that, Andrew, is that obviously The Simpsons varies wildly in tone from episode to episode. Like, you mentioned in your review I don't you, that you don't want to necessarily hold it against this episode that Homer is in a grunge band. That I, Which, also a problem if this episode takes place in 1999. I do want to say that. Um, cause, because we literally see the, the fact that this is his band inspires nirvana which makes no sense um but grunge was already gone by 1999 effectively uh okay you don't want to necessarily count it against the episode because homer is in a band that gets really famous that's happened before in the simpsons but it is it has. but it has not happened in the same episode where Homer and Marge, it's at a flashback episode where they're just normal people and Marge is trying to go to college. Like it's not, they don't try and do so much in the flashback episodes. The flashback episodes are almost always grounded, relatively realistic, tonally kind of, you know, simple. They're not, they don't try and stretch credulity. They don't try and stretch reality. It's, oh, Marge is pregnant. We have to be able to pay for this child. Oh, Homer and Marge meet in high school. Marge and Homer wants to go on a date with Marge. Or, oh, Homer has ruined his chance with Marge and he has to make it back to her. Very simple, low to the low to the ground plots, as I would call them. And this episode it tries to do everything. It tries to have this tone of everything as possible. Oh, yeah, Homer's in an uh, R&B band. For some reason, also, but then he makes it a grunge band. But also, Marge goes to college and he's they're having relationship troubles. And also, why can't we just keep it nice and simple, easy? No, Robbie, because we were nineties jokes. <laughs> what I'll, I'll say this much: at the very least, the the bit with Nirvana is more than just the aimless reference. They are trying to use it for something, and that elevates it over every other 90s reference in the entire episode. So I, I think the problem is they needed to do one of two things. They either needed to go back and do a Homer and Marge relationship story centered on 
Marge having this infatuation with her college professor, or they needed to go back and do a story about Homer as a Kurt Cobain pastiche. And I'm certainly more interested in the former than the latter, but I think you could do something with either of them, but trying to do them both at the same time doesn't work, and there's just not enough time to do it. It doesn't give you space to make either of them make sense in the context of what the show is attempting. Also, we've already had the second one, and it was called The (laughs) B-Sharps. I mean, yeah. That was the Beatles. This is Kurt Cobain. It's You're just, very, very different. It's now. just reskinning one versus the other. It really would not make much of a different episode. Um, this is where we get more of uh, Stefan, Professor August, being basically just insufferable. <laughs> Thank you, Professor August. Oh, please. I'm your advisor. Call me Stefan. Oh, thanks. It, it's just a note from my boyfriend. Let me guess. He's a high school flame who's preventing you from flowering. Homer's perfect for me. Just look at this note. I miss you. Actually, Marge, if I may deconstruct that letter, when he writes, I miss you, I is the subject and you is the object. You are his object. But Homer's so supportive. He's paying for me to go to college. He's paying for you like he owns you. I'm sorry, but that is oppression. Well, I know you'd never say anything that isn't objective. Marge, your assignment is to think about what I have said about your relationship. When is it due? Before it's too late. Stefan. It's not going to come through on the recording, but there was just a silence for a good 30 seconds there. Um, I eliminate all the silence, basically, in the podcast. But he's, at this point, this dude's just a predator, Right. This is pred- He's clearly making a move here. He's using his power and influence to try to shoo Homer away so he can move in. Yeah, and he's a older. He's a professor. He even says later at a certain. He later says, "I didn't get tenor because of etc." Which means he was in a position to get tenor tenure, and means he's older, probably approaching forty. Be my guess, at least minimum. Um. He seems like he's supposed to be younger than that. Okay. Again, I don't think it makes sense, but I think he's supposed to be younger. Fair enough. Regardless, he is using his power to try and, you know, get with Marge. I really doubt that this is going to be a long-term relationship uh, on his part. But it's at this point where I kind of, I, I can't, like, I can agree up into this point where it's just like, oh, well, yeah, he's a scumbag and he's skeevy. But he's supposed to be a villain. He's supposed to be a bad guy. It's at this point where I'm like, I don't want this in my Simpsons episode. You know, it, I think the difference is between what Jacques is and what he is. You know, Jacques never, obviously it's season one, it's early days, but Jacques, when he's courting Marge, never disguises it. He's always very clear. Yo, I, 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 I love you. I, I like you, Marge. I, I'm attracted to you. Not to mention the power imbalance between a college professor and a student that Jock did not have as her bowling tutor. <laughs> no, exactly. But I, it's at this point where I kind of have to diverge, di, di, diverge, divest, divest myself from any uh, measure of that. This is a good villain. This is a cheap villain at this point. Um, and I really am upset because he really doesn't get his comeuppance. He is never punished for his behavior. His punishment is that Marge doesn't ultimately fall for his scheme in the long run. But he doesn't wait, get in. Wait, Robbie. 
he gets beat up. That's that is the Simpsons language for comeuppance. Matt, physically. I pulled the clip and I still am just so furious at just the mention of that. Like we're not even there yet. I'm so angry. Okay, so obviously he's a jerk. We see him appropriate. He is a he is he's waving a dream catcher around in this scene too. Oh my god. It's really it's like this is not this is cheap heat. This is not a, a well written villain. Um we're starting to see the the cracks here. Homer and Marge are starting to have our struggle. Um and at this point, we have Sackgassum appear. He doesn't want to be in an R&B group anymore. Now Homer is going to invent grunge. Literally. Homer invents grunge. Well, really, yeah, Robbie. All you need is to be sad, and then grunge just comes naturally to you. It's like Newton and Leibniz with calculus. Somebody was bound to create it eventually. Andrew, don't say the smart things in this episode. It's not, it's not, you're, you don't, <laughs> this episode does not deserve intelligence, okay? I can't, like... It's it's like you're right, Andrew. I think it's a, it, I I don't disagree that the sad gasm stuff is more clever than just random blank '90s references. The Homer quoting Seinfeld or talking about Zemas, like yes, obviously the sad gasm stuff is a level above that. But it just it immediately makes me throw my hands up there. Immediately makes me roll my eyes. Where is any sense of reality here? Why on earth? Is this episode centered, episode centered around the idea that Homer not just is in a successful grunge band? I could buy that even. Like, they don't, in Homer's Barbershop Quartet, they don't act like Homer invented Barbershop Quartets. He's just in a really successful group. I can buy that. They want you to believe that Homer Simpson invented grunge music. Homer Simpson! The least artistic person in the entire world. He invents grunge music. Oh, okay, Simpsons. You want me to? Oh, oh, oh. Up until this point, this episode was about relationship problems, and Marge wanted to go to college, and Homer theoretically holding her back. But now, now it's not 1999 anymore. Now it's 1991, and Homer has invented grunge music. Invented it. Whole cloth! Nirvana! Not only that, not only that, Robbie, he invented an acronym that just so happens to spell grunge. <sighs> Guitar rock utilizing nihilist grunge energy. <sighs> Nirvana, Soundgarden, Alice Chains, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots. Nope! Homer Simpson! Since when can you write a song? <sighs> Thank you, Andrew. That is the hardest thing I've laughed at all day. <laughs> <sighs> I guess I think it goes back to the bigger problem, and that is if you wanted to go do some loose pastiche of Kurt Cobain's life, frankly, I think it would be in poor taste because it is in poor taste. It gets worse from here, but I think that that would at least be something. <laughs> We're doing a whole cloth pastiche of Kurt Cobain and Nirvana's rise and fall, you know, in the same way that Homer's Barbershop Quartet is a pastiche of the Beatles in some way, shape or form. But there's just there's nothing to it. And it doesn't belong in the same episode with the relationship drama. And I, I feel like I would accept Homer inventing grunge as ridiculous as that is. If the tone of the episode fit that, if it had that just sort of loose, imaginative energy the entire way and they weren't asking you to care deep down care 
about a real connection between him and Marge. You can't have both. You probably shouldn't have the one at all, but you definitely can't have <laughs> yeah, both. I mean, like you met, I mean, you, Andrew, you mentioned the poor taste. We haven't even gotten to that yet. And I am, I cannot understand how, how you can have goodwill towards this episode after what it does, especially at the end. It is just, it is, it is worse. Let's, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait until we get there. I'll wait. Um, hey, I didn't pull all the sad guys from songs. I only pulled one. Here it is. Hum, hum. I can't do it. Our harmony-laden R&B doesn't make sense in this cruel world. I'm taking our music to the next level. Guitar rock utilizing nihilist grunge energies. Or as I call it, grunge. We are sadgasm. And this song is called Politically Incorrect. (gasps) Pain is brown. Hate is white. Love is black. Stab the night. Kingdom of Numb! Closet of Hurt! Feelings are dumb! Kisses are dirt! Kurt! Kurt! It's Marvin! Your cousin, Marvin Cobain? You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this! Hurt! Hurt! Hey, March. Homer, your music is so angry and bitter. Now, why would I be angry and bitter? Because I'm paying for you to make goo-goo eyes at some smooth-talking professor? Well, here's a question for you. Why should I stay with a man who resents how I flower? Well, if you feel that way, maybe you can find someone who wants to nurture the new you. Maybe someone a little older and more sophisticated who can take you to Europe during the summer. Fine by me. Oh! So we heard the song. Can I say something positive, Robbie? I mean, you can say whatever you want, Andrew. I won't stop you. No, I'm just, just you know, having the interlude here. I think, number one, Sadgasm is a funny name for a, a grunge band. It's not like Mapple or MyPod. They they actually extrapolate and don't just do, like, you know, uh, Blurvana or Nerve Jam or something. They, like, come up with a clever name for what a grunge band could sound like. And I don't know. And second, I don't know whether it's Alf Clausen or Kip Lemon or somebody else, but I think the folks behind the scenes do a really good job of replicating the 90s grunge sound for Homer's song. So there's, there is something here. There's something to latch on. Yeah, they, this, this sounds very much like a grunge album. Also, I want to point out how much I hate the fact that the acronym is grunge, but grunge is also one of the letters. You can't do that, Homer. That's not how acronyms work. <laughs> uh, I... I mean, they literally just took pro- chord progressions from Nirvana songs and a Stone Temple Pilot song. I might add, they didn't. I like they didn't write songs. They just stole chord progressions and changed the lyrics. There's not art. I don't know. They, I'm not impressed. They replicated the sound. That's hard. That's I am not. Tricky. I am not. Imp- I don't know. I'm just in a very bad mood about this episode in general. I guess I was expecting better. I really thought I'd be like, oh, this is fine. But no, I'm not. This is fine. This is an abomination against humanity. Uh, it should be salted from the earth. Um, 
Uh, we got a Back to the Future joke here with Kurt Cobain. Um, it's a solid laugh, for me at least. Uh, you and Matt together, Andrew, apparently love this. I think it's devoid of uh, con- devoid of, 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 of value. And again, should be, we should glass the planet. I want to bomb this <laughs> from orbit. Uh, <laughs> I'm not... I Today was not a bad day. I don't know why. I just... I don't don't like this um this is we finally we come to a head here homer marge come to a head obviously we hear the 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 beginnings of it in that clip where you know homer is resentful of marge because she's palling around with this professor and marge is resentful homer because she feels like he's holding her back despite the fact that he is paying for her school he's letting this happen he could pull the money back anytime he wants i don't and at the end of this clip, Homer uh, Marge literally climbs into the professor's lap. In what world am I supposed to like Marge in this? Well, that's the problem, Robbie. No one ever got around to the fact that thinking about how we would care about these characters. Obviously, we're supposed to hate Stefan. That's fine. We're supposed to root for Homer. Why? We don't know because he's not jerk-ass Homer. I mean, that's that's the best I can do. It's something. Should, you know, it's something. It's something. But it's not a reason to root for Homer. And are you supposed to hate Marge? Because I kind of hate Marge. I, I don't understand like how I'm supposed to feel about these because the way I feel doesn't seem right. I, I, it's just if you again, I'll say this probably for the millionth time, and I'll say it a million times more. The old flashback episodes. I never disliked either of the characters, Marge or Homer. I always saw both perspectives. They disagreed at times. They and they had arguments and they, they bounced off each other and had conflict. But I understood both of their perspectives and rooted for both of them. I wanted them both to see the light and come back together. Or to find a solution together for whatever their problem was. In this, it is it is that it is that quandary of the teen seasons where I'm like, oh, they shouldn't be together. Very clearly. They should not be a couple. They should they should, Homer should go off be in his band. Marge should go to college and never see each other again. She can have the professor pay for her tuition, which is awful and gross, but that's I that's the that is my conclusion where I go like, oh, Marge is really like she doesn't appreciate how hard Homer is working and what he's sacrificing for her so that she can go to go back to school after God knows how many years it's been since she graduated high school. And there's nothing. It's just like, eh, no, I like this professor because he says smart things once. And the, and they, I mean, they write her so stupid that I can't. It's hard for me to even treat her like she's Marge because it's just. It's so arbitrary, you know, how they write her. Um, at, and we see Marge write off in the professor's lap. And we go to commercial. We come back to act three, 13 minutes in, very long, third act. Um, <laughs> hey, Andrew, this is your time to shine. This is when we finally get the Beanie Baby. All right. I don't remember what the octopus Beanie Baby's name is, but it was a it was a good one. It had the birthday of somebody I knew, so they were really into it. Um we this is when they are splitting up the things. Homer takes all the antiquated things. Marge takes all the things that will make sense in the future, like a computer, et cetera, et cetera. Microsoft stock. Those are the jokes we get in this episode. Give you guys an idea of the jokes we have is where Homer takes stocks in Enron. Marge takes stocks in Microsoft. How do they afford those stocks when they are poor, struggling? Uh, I don't know. Those are single stocks. It's fine. It probably costs like eight dollars. Oh, so like what? They bought three stocks in Microsoft? 
I assume they bought one stock in Microsoft. Oh, I mean, he says stocks, man. I just assume it's multiple. Maybe it's just okay. It's... Two then, two stocks. Okay, fair enough. Two uh, shares of Microsoft stock. Hey, you guys remember Bittersweet Symphony? I I want to say it was in some movie called like Angry Purposes or something like that. I can't I can't quite put my finger on it, but I'm getting something. Uh, don't I know you guys both remember Bittersweet Symphony because you lived in the nineties. If you lived, <laughs> you lived in the 90s and, frankly, the early 2000s, you've heard Bittersweet Symphony 10 million times. I'm pretty sure it was like my high school graduation song at one of the years I was in high school. I don't remember. Uh, they break up to it. They split up their belongings. They're done. They're done-zo. They have split. Um, Homer is sad, still in sadgasm, uh, and now goes to Moe's, which is now a cigar bar. <laughs> I don't recall cigar bars being a big '90s thing, but maybe they were. I was gonna say I was I was too young for it, so I don't really know. It's not something I associate with the '90s necessarily, but maybe it was just for for people who were not like kids in the '90s. I thought cigar bars have always been a. Th- maybe they came. I don't know. I've always lived with them as a thing. Also, I lived in Central Florida with a bunch of retirement communities around me. And obviously, all the retired dudes would all go cigar bars all the time. So maybe it's just commonplace to me. But it's very, this feels so weird um, that Moe's is suddenly a cigar bar. Um, he probably would make more money as a cigar bar than it just has the dive that Moe's normally is. Um, okay. Um, we get more sadgasm. This is where we see uh, the, the Rape Me parody called Shave Me. Definitely the laziest parody in the episode. Well, I don't know. It's a toss-up between that and I'll make rub to you. I don't know which is lazier. <laughs> since a race to the bottom there. I I think I hate Shave Me more, Andrew. If that answers, I don't know if that answers your question, but it is the one I dislike more, Shave Me. Um, um, well, Ty goes to the shaver, so that's good. <laughs> God almighty. Can't believe you're making me laugh at that. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, this, Professor August continues to be insufferable. Uh, this is where they're getting hot and heavy. They're 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 making the relationship more serious. Uh, we have a long sequence here where the professor just laboriously asks for consent to kiss Marge for a while, for at least thirty seconds. We get bits about is it okay if I kiss you? Know, you? Those snowflakes who are all about consent, you know, that's just the worst thing ever. I will say, Matt, they, they wrote this in 2000, probably 2006. So I, there was, I want to say stupider times. It wasn't that long ago, but I, it was stupider times. Obviously, we are better informed about what consent is and how valuable it is and how important it is. And I, I, it does look very bad in retrospect. I'm going to date myself here. There was, I'm pretty sure, a mad TV sketch around the same time that had the the brilliant comic premise of, can you imagine if college students asked one another about having romantic activity before they engage in that activity? What a a ridiculous, crazy concept. So at the very least, I don't think The Simpsons were alone in this. I think there was at least some... Some can you imagine how wacky that would be floating in the air? At the I time? mean, there was there. I mean, I I distinctly remember the Chappelle show Chappelle show sketch, which was a few years prior to this about the consent, the form, the the sex form you would that you would hand to your date for the evening to make sure everything was fine. Um, 
and that sketch is aged very poorly. And I, this is the same, where it's just like, oh, isn't it funny that this professor is trying to secure consent before he kisses Marge? Well, it also, it very, it really wildly misconstrues the fact that this is like a very predatory relationship. <laughs> and, and from the get-go, so this doesn't really mean anything, but let's not try and break that down, because it would be here all day. We already are here all day. This episode's going to be six hours long. Um... <laughs> Apparently, Sadgasm have sold millions of records at this point. I don't know how long this has been. Homer should be a millionaire, right? He should be a millionaire. This is the early to mid-90s, theoretically, if grunge is being invented. With those kind of record deals, with that many records, he has a pile of what look like gold records. Even at that level, Homer would be extraordinarily rich. Um, But he's living in some, I don't know, torn up mansion that he is filled with I don't know trash because he doesn't care about himself anymore because he's so sad about losing March he blew his fortune on frappuccinos Andrew the listeners are not going to get that long awkward silence either this is just it's it's the wrong format for my jokes right that's the or at least for your reactions to my jokes. it really is I mean I could leave in one awkward silence here and there but I feel like people would think that something's wrong with the podcast <laughs> um it's just Again, it does not, there's never a moment here where we stop and spend time with Homer as a successful musician. Like, this could be effective in communicating Homer's emptiness in how, oh, well, yeah, he still misses Marge, despite the fact that he is successful, that he has money now, he's famous, there we see signs in the groovies out front, you know, talking about, they love, I love Homer, I believe is literally one of the signs we see held by a, some woman out in the front lawn of this mansion. If it spent a, like a scene where Mart, where Homer is obviously has everything he would ever want. He could be talking to a bandmate. He'd be talking to Lenny. Hey, it's Lenny. What's he's talking to Lenny and Lenny and Lenny goes, Hey Homer, why do you feel, why are you so down? Why are you so sad? And Homer's like, well, it doesn't, I know that I have everything I want. It's just, I still miss March. I, I feel like I've, I feel like I've missed something. I feel, you know, like something a scene here. But instead it's just, oh, Homer's sad and he burns his gold records. He lights them on fire. Uh, this is where we get Weird Al appearing. And this is my, here, I'm going to nitpick the Weird Al appearance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nitpick this. It bugs me a little bit. One, I think Weird Al's song is better than Homer's. <laughs> I think that's my main problem. One, one of my problems. It should be. It should be better, and it is. Weird Al's this like the fifteen seconds of Weird Al's song of uh, that is parodying "Rape Me" is already better. It's it's "Brain Freeze" is the song, which is that's great. You know, Weird Al always writes a lot of food parodies. Um, but it, it in this world, obviously, Nirvana doesn't exist, but. I unfortunately don't exist in this world. I exist in the real world where I know that they are parodying a song that already exists. Homer writes Shave Me, a parody of Rape Me, and Weird Al is technically parodying Homer's version of Rape Me called Brain Freeze. I I, I just like, it just befuddles me. I'm like, well, he's not, this is not Homer's song. This this is effectively a Weird Al parody of Rape Me. About For what it's worth, the real Nirvana, part of how they felt like they had made it was that Weird Al called them to ask if they could parody Smells Like Teen Spirit. 
And that was like, hey, they've multiple members of the band have commented that was sort of a, like we've landed moment for a lot of them. So I think they're they're just trying to do uh, Kurt Cobain pastiche with this whole thing, and there's not there's not anything deeper to it. You could say that again, Andrew. There's not anything deeper to it. Sad but true. Sad but that's well, that's Metallica. That's not Nirvana. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> hey, hey. Um. <laughs> so, can I? How many scenes have we seen of Marge and this professor in a healthy relationship? Sans Homer. I believe the answer is none. Zero. There is zero moments here where we see Marge and this professor enjoying each other's company just as a couple. So what we get next, literally next, is them breaking up. Look at that lighthouse. That's the ultimate expression of phallocentric technocracy violating Mother Sky. I thought they were just tossed so boats could see them. No, Marge. Everything penis-shaped is bad. Look, a wedding! Slavery is alive and well in Springfield. You oppose marriage? Marge, marriage has oppressed women for centuries. But Stefan, I would like to get married someday. Oh, Marge, it's statements like that that make people say women are stupid. It's statements like that that are mean. Well, it may sound mean, but I'm just trying to help you evolve. Oh, evolve yourself, Professor Jerk. Or should I say, associate, Professor Jerk? <gasps> I only got denied tenure because my department head is an idiot. What did you say about me? I'm sorry, Professor Moose. You're about to get your PhD. Pound head down. Come up and... Isn't everybody satisfied? Isn't there a catharsis for that villain? I know I feel that. I might release two cuts of this episode, just one with all the awkward silences in it, so people will really understand. <laughs> um, the silence cut? The silence. The ex- it's it's probably, it'll be 30 minutes longer. Uh, no one wants to listen. <laughs> no one wants that. Um, no, this is not, if he died, Andrew, I would be, that'd be, that'd be satisfactory. If Professor Moose killed him, I would be, okay, all right, that's enough. <laughs> but he, like, or, or, you know what Professor Moose could say, that, Andrew, that would make me, actually would satisfy me? Not What's just, that, Robbie? Not just hit him in the head like a Three Stooges skit. If he said, you're fired. said, you're fired, and I'm going to tell all the, other, uh, all the other colleges what you've done, how about your just kind of gross behavior with a student, uh, and you're never, you won't work anywhere ever again. I mean, you can't do that, Robbie, because then you couldn't do a joke about how he is a 80s television dummy who hits people on the head and speaks with a dog like this sort of thing. You'd <laughs> Regin- have to be an actual person who could say actual words. Uh, you could, th- theoretically, you could still have him do the dumb voice and then just have him speak very eloquently and you have that juxtaposition that is inherently a little funny. It's too many layers to that. I don't think people would follow it. It's literally two. It is literally two layers. There's not... <laughs> That's what he said, Robbie. Two layers. People wouldn't follow it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, like, I remember when The Simpsons had, like, five layers. It's just, like, layer, 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 you know? And it was really good. I really loved it. <laughs> we don't do that? Okay. So, um, we got another... This is, a uh, Marge is upset. She's... Now she's left the professor. He was a mean to her one time. That's all it took. One time he was mean to her and said she was stupid for wanting to get, uh, wanting to get married. 
Well, and can I point out the thing that drives me nuts is that they point that out at the end of the episode. Like, they, they know the fact that they didn't do a good job of explaining why Marge left the professor. Well, it makes it's it okay. Just, you know, <laughs> Andrew, it makes it okay if they say it, you know? You know that thing we did really... It was like three minutes ago. We did, It was really bad. I know. I know. We didn't really give her a good reason for anything happening in this episode, but we made a joke about it, though. We know we're stupid, so we made a joke lampshading our own bad writing um uh marge is sad she sees over uh homer is singing uh a song called margarine marjorie really but uh this is a song about marge he wrote a song about marge and marge is really uh heartfelt about it she's like oh he still homer still feels this way about me um and she misses him this is all very sudden there are not hints of this in a relationship. She's not in a relationship with the professor. And she goes, you know, and he does. There's escalating warning signs about how she's different than Homer. And he actually does want to control her. He is kind of doing exact opposite of what he preaches. He wants to control her life. He doesn't want to let her flower. Homer actually was letting her do all those things. And despite the fact that he didn't necessarily understand it, he was still supportive of it. And we escalate into the breaking up and then her going back to Homer. Nope, it all happens in literally one scene and then the next. Uh, because this song uh, of Marjorie is interrupted by Kurt Loder. Breaking news. Uh, Homer's apparently dying. We interrupt this bleak block to bring you a breaking story. Grunge trailblazers sadgasm have broken up. <laughs> Reclusive frontman Homer Simpson has holed himself up in his mansion as rumors swirl about an out-of-control narcotics addiction. This is Kurt Loder reporting from the 90s. <gasps> oh no! Narcotics! <gasps> oh my god, you're a junkie! I need it! I'm getting you off this stuff! But I need it! No, you don't! <laughs> Unfortunately, as I later learned, that wasn't heroin, it was insulin. Homer really did need those injections. I had become diabetic from drinking too many Frappuccinos. Not how diabetes works. Not how insulin or heroin works. Also, Frappuccinos, more 90s jokes. <laughs> oh, man. I gotta, I gotta say, this is the part that killed me. There's, there's certain... There's a certain amount of this episode where I can sort of squint and see what they were trying to do. I can see the better episode they could have made behind the episode we actually got. But there's just nothing here. They're making fun. I, I guess they're not making fun of Kurt Cobain, but they're using Kurt Cobain's addiction and suicide as fodder for humor, which is at best, in poor taste, and also just not very funny. They don't do anything with it. Uh, the fake-out between insulin and heroin because of Frappuccinos is just idiotic. It's it's absolutely nuts. Like It requires us to believe that these are com people who never have a conversation with one another and there it's you know you can believe that in some instances if they wring humor out of it but there's just nothing to it and worst of all for me at least they don't knock down the problem that they set up there is something very legitimate about the idea that homer and marge could break up because they're on two different paths because they want two different things in life because they are two different people but at some point 
Marge realizes what keeps them together. But that never happens here. They never address the fact that they were going in different directions. It just ends and Marge is like, yeah, well, I'm going with Homer again. He wrote one song about me. The end. It's it doesn't resolve the problem that they tried to establish in the episode. And that's maybe it's not the worst thing, but it's one of the worst things. I it's it's very easy to understand, Andrew. Like, obviously, there's a lot of problems in this episode, like the endless 90s references, the fact that they do not resolve. Like, I was screaming about it last week. They just don't do it anymore. It has just become it has become formalized. There just is no resolution to plots. If they try, even trying to attempt to introduce a plot, which sometimes they don't, like last week, this week has a a, a, sh- a shadow of a plot. It has the hints of a plot with Homer and Marge's relationship, but they just don't resolve anything they introduce. They And they don't care, and they're just like, oh, we ran out of time. It's over. Bye. And you're like, why is that allowed? Why, like, why, how could you go, oh, this is fine. I, I finished it. Like, and Matt Selman is one of the few writers from this time period that I will go to links to defend. One of the current really good. still works on the show and still routinely puts out some of the better episodes and, and runs the show. And I feel like he should just be running the show at this point. Al Jean should go to uh, the, the far up state where retired Simpsons showrunners go, where they host podcasts that aren't very good. And still there's just no ending they do not end this episode. It stops. And that is before. I I want to make this very clear to the people who are not watching this episode. And I'll make that clear. You should not watch this episode. It is bad. And I did not I did not bring enough joy out of it to, to warrant being worth watching. Um, but it is very it I'll be clear. Marge walks in to Homer with a syringe stuck in his arm, like it's pulp fiction. And is I like I I don't want, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It's gross. It's gross. Kurt Cobain was a heroin addict, and they're just like, oh, it's insulin. Isn't that funny? No, it's literally disgusting. It's awful. Like I don't know what where this is not a joke. Referencing this man who was a heroin addict and and subsequently killed himself. I don't. What's the funny part about that? Like this episode, I will say this largely avoids the 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 pitfalls of the teen seasons where the just casual cruelty and the racism and the homophobia and the transphobia and etc largely avoids that stuff until you get to this and it's just like oh isn't that that dead man isn't it funny how he was a drug addict no <laughs> no it's not funny it's awful why are you showing me this why is an episode of the simpsons have a scene where a Homer has a syringe in his arm. And sure, you go, oh, yeah, it was insulin. He's diabetic. Uh, that's not how diabetes works, first. <laughs> and second, it doesn't, you're totally, you're trying to play both sides. You're like, oh, it makes it, I want to elevate the tension and try and create drama by having Marge run in and he has a, a syringe in his arm and it looks like he's a heroin addict. And uh, it's gross. It's awful. I don't, there's, there's no reason for it. This episode didn't need it. Even if you did an episode that's all about Homer being inventing grunge, if you want to do that, there's literally no reason to have this scene in it. There's no need for Homer to, to actually delve. We delve into heroin addiction of all things. Like, why is this an episode of The Simpsons? I cannot even fathom it. They should. 
the Simpsons goes too far when it starts to talk about alcoholism. Why are we talking about heroin addiction of all things? It's just absolutely baffling. Just b- b- crazy. Just crazy. You guys are allowed to <laughs> talk now. We're hoping you go on to the rest of the episode. No, no. I, I really, I, I can't say anything more about how incredibly awful this is. It's just the absolute worst thing in this episode. And this is an episode of some very, very bad things. I'll, I'll say this much. I think there is something that goes beyond the Simpsons where people try to make jokes about things. People remember things that are iconic and don't necessarily connect the dots to say, hey, what am I saying about the original thing that I'm referencing? Because they're not. They're not trying to do any commentary on it. They're just trying to go like, hey, remember this thing? I'm doing some kind of riff on it. It's it's careless and it's reckless, but I don't think it speaks to any ill will on the part of The Simpsons. It's just a certain level of obliviousness that's stretched beyond this show and frankly still afflicts a lot of comedy today. It's easier to get into somebody's brain when you're using something that's already there. And everybody, at least everybody who was around in the 90s, remembers to some extent the rise and fall of Kurt Cobain. They're they're just trying to do the homage without thinking through what the implications of it are, which is its own kind of problem. I have some good news for you guys. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that episode's about to end. This episode's Uh, over. This episode, this is, uh, (laughs) we finally, this is, they're back together. Uh, Marge eventually realizes that Homer is diabetic from Frappuccinos. Despite the fact that he is in better shape here as a younger man than he is today, you would think he would still be diabetic, but we don't, let's not talk about that. Um, they, uh, we, we basically fast forward through, oh, they're, they, they, they conceive Bart. We cut back to the present and this is my final clip. It is titled, it ends at least. With the 90s drawing to a close and the Sydney Olympics to look forward to, I love rekindled. And one moonlit night, I finally had fun at a mini golf course. <laughs> Homer, stop! You don't have to tell the kids everything. <laughs> what did I miss? How did it end? Did you two ever get back together? Yep, that professor couldn't keep me and Marge apart. I mean, unless he had been a little nicer at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> well, that professor did teach me one good lesson. Homie is where my heart is. And once we were back together, I was too happy ever to grunge again. Huh, townies. Ah, let's lampshade our own poor writing. Ha ha ha. Homie is where the heart is, is a decent wordplay. <laughs> that's all I got. I don't know. You gotta, you gotta try to find some positives here, and that's all I have, I'm afraid. It's a it's a god awful ending. It's it's maybe the worst part of the episode, which is saying something. It 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 doesn't. What? But I, my other question is like, well, Marge is a freshman, right? When this all happens, we don't even get to the end of the semester, right? Or how much time passes? Homer becomes a successful musician, so maybe some time passes. It's like Dagobah. Time passes differently there. Oh, it was the nineties. Oh, yeah, I, I just assume this is like. She she finished her college degree while Homer was getting uh, popular. Why did Marge never try and like get a job though with that degree? If she was so driven to finish a degree, like she out of nowhere, years Robbie, po- Robbie, years post high school. Obvious, obvious, Robbie. Okay, okay, Robbie. It's a psychology degree. Okay, that's okay, all you need to know. That's fair. That's fair enough. <laughs> we can hand wave it away. 
She got a degree. I mean, to be fair, I have an English degree. Uh, I only sort of use it. Mostly for this, to be fair. <laughs> it was not in creative writing. Um, that's it. That's the episode. It's terrible. I hated it. Um, I'm kind of losing sight of, I don't know, reality. I think that's where I'm at. I think I'm losing sight of reality watching the Simpsons episodes weekly. Um, it's, I think I'm losing my mind. I think that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think I've lost sight of, uh, earth, humanity, consciousness. All of those things are an illusion. Only sadgasm exists. Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) we can uh we'll rank it at the end of the show we can move on um i, I, I know your voice hurts uh today matt but you still have to uh, robbie robbie is this episode broken oh don't do that that's terrible of course it is it's awful no you were right the first time with that quick fix idea let's see quick fix quick fix uh-huh. um yeah i yes i can't it can't not be i would like I don't really, I'm not going to necessarily say it has, you have to change it so much, but you do have to, like, here, I don't think any of, either of you would disagree with me. Give me a, I just want this. This is all I want. I just want, give me a reason. Let, uh, show me why Marge wants to go back to college to give her more depth, her motivation, more depth, make the college professor more reasonable to show why she would choose him over Homer or alternatively not make it about the professor at all and just make it about how she can't like you've alluded to multiple times, Andrew, how they are on different paths in life. Marge wants to go pursue a college uh, degree and then perhaps a, a job with that degree after the fact. And Homer doesn't want her to do that. He wants to have a family. He wants to be the breadwinner, et cetera, something, you know, a, a Facts that split up lots of couples early on in their in their relationships where they want different things and neither of them are wrong. Neither of them are bad, but they clearly can't be a couple anymore. They want different things or different paths. Give me reasons for that and why they might disagree. Show them why both of them come back to the conclusion. No, they actually do want to be together and explain and like and have them come back together. Like it's not. Am I crazy? Like, it's that's easy. Is it's, it's not complicated. I, I don't think you're crazy at all. And I also think it would really help. Just going to go out on a limb here. It would really help if they had an ending. You know, just, just give me some kind of reason why Marge actually decides not only that this professor is bad, but that Homer and her make sense. And I think you could you could really easily play into the idea that they're on different paths, but that the idea that Professor August feeds a different part of her. He feeds this intellectual side of her that Homer just doesn't. And you could do what they kind of allude to here, have him have Marge realize that he does not in fact respect her intelligence, that he just condescends to her, that he is disrespectful to that to her in that way and doesn't really care about her. And that Homer, whatever his other faults, cares deeply about Marge, as seen through him doing this menial job that he doesn't like in order to support her dreams. Like there's something there. There's something you could latch onto and make it work here and give them a reason to give Marge and the professor a reason to break up and give Homer and Marge a reason to get back together. But we can't do that because we have to do the Nirvana parody. So I, I don't know. I don't know. This is maybe cut the 
grunge stuff. Just make it hope maybe like let Homer just be like a guy who works with his for his dad. And yeah, kind of, like it's not that big a deal. Like he, if you get rid of the grunge stuff, you have time for Homer to realize what he wants and the worth of that. He wants a family. He wants Marge, and that's why they work so well together. That's one of the things you've proven in episode after episode. Is the reason they're together is because they love each other for who they are. No, but you, did you guys hear? There's a song. It's called "Shave Me." You get it? It's from <laughs> the, the thing that really makes me mad about this is oh, really? We just in the most well, okay. In the most recent season, Robbie and I, I think two or three episodes back, had this amazing Homer Marge episode that is absolutely incredible. Homer Marge gets stuck out in the wilderness. Oh, yeah. And I wanted this episode to have even a tiny sliver of that. And not at all. Not even the tiniest little bit. And it makes me so angry. It took them 30 years to make a, a well, 25 years since the, probably the, the last good Homer Marge episode. And it's just, this is awful. <laughs> Well, and not for nothing, the thing that's crazy is that new episode was one that was show run by Matt Selman, the same guy who wrote this episode. And so, you know, like maybe he maybe he matured in the 20 years that it's been or 15 years. But it, it's it is galling to some degree that the same people are involved and managed to do something that was good both in the past and in the future, but couldn't figure it out now. Just have to wait till season 33. That's fine. And largely, the problem with this episode is not the fact that they're trying to retcon it. It has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with they're trying to add stuff in and, you know, change the time period a little bit or or, or update the, the background of the family. The, I don't really care if they do that. But they have to keep in mind the affection that all the fans have, obviously, for all those flashback episodes, but also the fact that those flashback episodes, we have that affection for them because they are great because they do a tremendous job of telling of simple stories really well, being very funny and making us care about these characters and care about these characters through multiple years uh, about episodes that will drastically shift tone from those very grounded, realistic flashback episodes. But those flashback episodes do that work. And this episode was as, was not, I don't even need it to be as good, just tries to be as good as those episodes. I would be, that's fine. Who cares if I, I'm a comic book fan. Okay. I have seen Spider-Man have 14 different origin stories along the years. I am fine with bending and twisting retcons, uh, for whatever reason, as long as you can justify it with a good story at the end of the day. This is not a good story. Uh, it does mention Zemo. Zemo's gross, by the way. I don't know. It, I don't know if anyone has tried Zemo. It's disgusting. Don't drink Zemo. If you want to see what Zemo is like, just drink a Smirnoff Ice. It's the same basic thing. Also not very good. Not a fan of Smirnoff Ice. I was when I was 17. It's not saying much. Uh, we'll rank this episode at the end of the show. I think I said that already, but I'm going to say it again. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for Comments and News Group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments and News Group is where I ask our patrons to leave their thoughts, their reviews about the episode. Wildly varying thoughts about this one. I was a little surprised. There's a lot of them. A lot of people had ideas, had opinions, which I appreciate, but a lot of I was. I don't know. Maybe it's just how much I really don't like this episode. I really did not enjoy even a moment of it, really. And I, the fact that some people liked it kind of caught me off guard. Um, from Charles, 
I stated, I got into The Simpsons in later years. I'm surprised football has never been mentioned, and I'm the only one who regularly saw the last 15 minutes of an episode. Anyway, this is the reason I'm not as upset with them changing the established canon. You really see the difference between pre- and post-Golden Age Marge in this episode. When they pull this innocent naivety, pre-Marge generally comes across like she doesn't understand what's going on. Post-Marge just comes across as manipulative. Homework to job he hated so that he could support March and pay for her to attend college. His repayment, she belittles him, pretty much cheats on him, and then dumps him for a tool of a presser because he embarrasses her. She gets the excuse to leave him once he goes from a parody of a revolutionary feminist to an out-and-out straw man. She only goes back to Homer when she finds out he's become rich and successful musician, which does not make her look good. Finally, they play the episode just ending with no explanation as a joke. You don't see Homer becoming Jay with success. She just becomes famous, and the next moment he's burning things. There's no consequences for Marge's actions. She shows up. He's in the hospital. We are told that they got back together. Basically, Marge is an abusive manipulator, gold digger, and Homer treats it like no big deal. Because he brushes past it. You know, you've made someone unlikable when Homer comes across as more mature and responsible than them. It's all fair. Um, from Anthony. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Anthony's trolling us with this answer. Uh, so t- uh, I'll, I'll say that up front. I remember this episode... Uh, and watch it with friends right after WrestleMania night one. And I can say is this best episode ever. An amazing time watching this. Even watching it a second time that night. Every, every time something happened that was stupid and dumb, we would do the what chance. Uh, Homer tossing a record player and we are closing to the fire instead of putting them on. What? Homer blaming Go Warming on Al Gore. What? Bart toss, tires to toss memory uh, album into the fire. Tries to toss the memory album into the fire. What? Uh, he goes on for a bit here. This is... This is a Stone Cold reference, which I can appreciate, even though the what chant is maybe the worst contribution of Stone Cold's career into wrestling fandom. If you're a wrestling fan, do not, and you go to a show, do not chant what? Do not do it. Unless Stone Cold is prompting you to. Yeah, That's the if, one Stone, time Cold, if okay. Stone Cold is there and wants you to do it, then do it. Otherwise, do not, please don't do it. Um, I think you get my point. I had so much fun watching this one. I'm not Dave Meltzer, but eight stars should be a top 100 best episode list. Also, Matt, I listened to Das Bus, and I disagree with you. That episode was even more fun than this one, nine stars. Pretty sure. Hey, Anthony, I'll, I'll allow it because of the wrestling references. Otherwise, I wouldn't, but, you know, I'm a mark, so to speak. From Alex, one of the episodes that annoyed me the most was the, uh, the, the moving timeline. Homer and Marge being college kids in the 90s was so weird as an episode premise, as well as Homer inventing grunge. From Tim, the thing about that 90s show is that it actually contained a pretty good storyline. Marge and the professor would have made a good standalone effort. Here, let me fix it. By definition, it's still a flashback episode. There's absolutely no need to focus on the time frame. In fact, please do not reference the time frame as the story is timeless. College fresh person is overwhelmed by liberal ideas and is unable to determine the professor's ulterior motive. In this case, of course, the fresh person is Marge. She'd be told by various supporting characters that, every, that she shouldn't fall for this guy, but ignores them all. In fact, you could even have Carl say in his voice, look, uh, Marge, there are plenty of other men out there. But I mean, someone could even say, hey, Jomer's a jerk, but you'll be able to walk all over him given the opportunity. Not so with this dweeb. This topic replicates itself in so many ways in real life. It'd be a really interesting focus we'll show on how to deal with that. But no, instead we're constantly reminded that we're referencing the 90s. Look, we're playing the verb. Hey, look at us. This is reminiscent of the worst of network pandering, which definitely includes that 70s show uh, projected to be one behind last week's episode or number 362. That's not a bad guess, Tim. That's not a bad guess. I, okay, not a bad guess, but also, how dare you take shots at that 70s show? That 70s show was actually good. <laughs> the first few seasons were actually good. The okay? first, the first few seasons had character development. I agree, Matt, but then... I've watched those later seasons. Oh, my Lord. God, they're oh, so bad. They're really, it's really bad. Um, from JJ, who is this episode for? 
Not only is it disrespectful to previous flashback episodes, what's the point of dedicating an entire episode to 90s references when the show existed in the 90s? This itself is one of the most defining phenomena of that decade. Ideally, these teen seasons should be satirizing the 2000s culture, but they routinely, routinely fail at that. They were even trying in the first place. Understand the show exists on a sliding timescale, and I can accept things like smartphones now existing in the Simpsons universe, but Lisa Sachs should have been the last flashback episode. We know everything we need to know about Simpsons history. There's no need to add to it. After all that being said, I did enjoy elements of the plot. Maybe it would have worked better as a flash-forward episode about Lisa falling for her college professor. I liked Homer's song to Marge, too, but no matter how good the writing was, nothing could save this episode. When the premise meant it was doomed to fail from the start, they should have known better. There, there is, I think, an alternate world, alternate universe, where this episode is about how popular The Simpsons was in the 90s. And, like, it's a weird meta thing. I think there's potential in that. It's trippy. There's potential in that. can see it. There's potential, but I don't that they were not capable in season 19 of doing that. Uh, from Derek, you often see it said that The Simpsons' decline was a result of simply growing stale. This is true. The Simpsons' fall from grace was actually more immediate than gradual. It came out because of an overall of the show's staffing. The Simpsons' potential for longevity is limitless if the effort's put in. For argument's sake, though, let's say that by season 19, the show was in a rut because it had been on for so long and was fatigued. An episode like that 90s show could offer the chance for rejuvenation. We can give the show new focus by going back to the series' roots. It began as a subversion of U.S. television conventions of the 1980s and a critique of American society of that era can do so again. Misserting the TV tropes of the 2000s, skewering various Americana through the lens of family in this decade. That 90s show does not launch The Simpsons in a brave new era. In fact, the episode barely does anything except upset the continuity for no good reason whilst making the lamest 90s references. If only there was a show on the air between 1990 and 1999 that spoofed that decade. Seriously, though, with over 200 episodes that are sent of the 90s, what on earth compelled them to make this episode? It was entirely superfluous, unfunny, and very, very grating. Amen. I want to raise my hands like I'm in like a, a tent revival. Like, say it. Preach. Uh, from Casey. Being a child in the 90s, I have fondness for this wacky decade of Zeman and Seinfeld. It feels like all the writers forgot about the continuity. Then season 19, the writer's room said, oh my god, we forgot to address timeline changes for 20 years. Overall, I truly can't help but love this episode. They cram in an absurd amount of references, but with such great diversity. Not just through traditional music, TV, and cultural references, but art, food, and books. I had it. It had it all. The thing I loved most was the character designs. Marge's hair in particular was incredible. All the different clothing changes and scenery changes really felt like a nice, fully realized time capsule that I'd obviously love to have some more time in. And obviously, the songs are all certified gold. No one can tell me they don't have glycerin stuck in their head now. Marge always deserved to go to college, and Homer being the one to play for it is truly everything I love about their relationship. These are the kind of hard times I can get behind when you're young, poor, but happy. My only real problem was Marge was radical in high school, so why is she now learning about being liberal and open-minded in college? Like that Marge made the decision to go back to Homer on her own without him interfering with the choices she made. Then he was perfect because we came full circle to the mini golf course. For my continuity, that's what it's that's what's important. It's a good point that we did see a glimpse of Marge's activism back in the first flashback. So it does go back on that at least a little bit when you're trying to do it here. Uh next remark. The new timeline in The Simpsons doesn't bother me like it does with most fans. I do really enjoy the episode. Like I like the idea of Homer being this Nirvana style grunge band, also weird out. Also, Weird Al, it's always good to see. Weird Al, wasn't this episode advertised? This first episode to say a certain curse word in I can't remember which one, though. Was it? I if, they, if it was, I entirely missed it. I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't. I did not catch it at all. Uh, from Melissa, very sad because I remember this being my favorite episode when I was younger. Now that I'm older, I don't love Marge being so quick to leave Homer. I also don't understand why Homer took her back. 
She was constantly putting him down, lying and cheating on him. There definitely should have been a better explanation for him taking her back. Just felt like a parody episode that instead of being funny, messed up the entire timeline. Uh, from Benjamin, this episode doesn't need to exist. The Simpsons made better 90s references in the 90s. The plus side is always Weird Al, though. Yeah, I can't. No one can begrudge more Weird Al. Uh, from Lauren, not sure how I feel about this episode. I assume it was written for those of us who grew up in the 90s, but meh. Why is Homer in a famous band? I will say him going to grunge was interesting. Professors and students being together is illegal. Yes, what bothers me the most is I didn't like Marge in this episode. She was at fault and she apologized. So that's it? All is forgiven? Just like that? She was smitten with another man. Professor at that. And she left Homer for the other guy. I agree with the other p- patrons that Homer should have take, shouldn't have taken her back. But they had to get together for the status quo. So she apologizes. That's it. Cool. I didn't hate it, but I'm also really tired. <laughs> Hey, I hear you, Lauren. <laughs> Perpetually. So maybe that's why. But maybe either way, I'm not sure what my shock value is for this episode. Hmm, it's a normal season 19 shrivel, so I think a four is suitable. I, four is very, too kind for my... I don't know, how high can this go? That is my question. I will go as high as that shock. Ten? For doing Spinal Tap rolls, eleven? I'll do that. <sighs> I'm also, it might be just because Matt doesn't have it. Matt has a very... Uh, a bad uh, bad voice right today that I have to shoulder all this and it's making me more perturbed about this episode. That might have something to do with it. I'm not sure. It's your fault. Shouldn't have to brave such things alone. No, that's the thing. I think I it's appreciate it, your rage, Robbie. It's Matt's fault. Uh, was what I'm saying. Everything's Matt's fault. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, which Simpsons character would make the best president? Uh, a lot of great answers. Appreciate everybody took the time. First, Casey. My gut tells me Mel would be a pretty level-headed leader, most likely has the educational background and the charisma to win. I'd love to see him in a presidential debate and win over the crowd with his silky voice. Uh, for Benjamin, Dr. Hibbert is intelligent, great at solving problems, and has a laugh America would love on the campaign trail. Uh, from Timothy, it's a boring answer to be sure, but if anyone is, anyone is going to get things done, it's Chalmers. Gary, don't play around. And we would have a first daughter, Shauna. Because there's nothing annoying about a character's catchphrase being, I'm Shauna. <laughs> From Tim, I have to go with Skinner. Is he shown he can keep an organization running without any support whatsoever? <laughs> it's pretty good. Fair. Yeah, pretty fair. exactly. Mark, I know it's impossible to do now, but I'm going to go with Lionel Hutz. Because it would have been hilarious. Andrews making some some uh, some consternation noises over there. Uh, from Derek, I want Marge in charge. You know the way we'd all like to say we're most like Lisa, when in reality we're probably all big lames who are closer to Marge. When a leader holds a similar predilection for potatoes, then Marge can't can be both lenient yet assertive when need be. And who knows, she may even bring about world peace with her marshmallow squares. That's fair enough. Oh, I like yeah. that. From Melissa, I have a billion different answers. Uh, I kind of want to go with Ralph just as a callback to last week. No, I won't do that. Hmm. Honestly, I think we all know Lisa would be a good president. Yes, Lisa is the easy answer, but sometimes the easiest answer is the right one. Lisa would be, I think, would be a competent president. She's intelligent. She's caring. Uh, From Andy, blue-haired lawyer, he seems like the sleazy type that would get elected president. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's, it's uh, <laughs> electability is important. From Lauren, I have two. In the future, Bart would make a good president. He has the charisma and intelligence, plus, plus he had Lisa's support, so he could go to her if he needs to. Now, reality would be a poo. He's drive, ambition, and he's adaptable. Mm-hmm. Also, due to his job, he would be relatable to the common man. That's a good one. I like Apu as uh, the president. I think he'd do well. Yeah, unfortunately, The Simpsons uh, pretends Apu doesn't exist anymore, <laughs> which is cool. Thanks. Uh, from Old Painty Can, Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo Snurub. Going to go with Marge, since Colonel Clink suggested she'd have made it to the White House if she'd ever met Homer in that one episode. And also, I just like Barge. That's that's fair. It's, it's, it's a good point. It's, it's, good it's a good point. Colonel Clink did say that. He had authority. Colonel Clink had authority. There's they, no higher authority. Than the Colonel Clink, ghost Colonel Clink. Uh, from Lauren at El Club 88. I like uh, an Unky Her Pal slash Carl ticket. They'd get my vote. It's, that's not bad. Carl and, and, and Herb. They could, they could get it done. They're both uh, motivated, ambitious, care about their families. Uh, at Brian J. Field, I'm going to say Lindsay Nagel would get, would get a great deal done, but her agenda might be questionable. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't. I don't want Linda, Lindsay Nagel as my president. No, thank you. Uh, She'd find a great way to monetize suffering. Oh god. <laughs> uh, at board ATX, I'd vote for Lisa and Collins, so someone would finally do something about climate change. Uh, from at BMD Xbox Smithers, from at Tommy Harmon, definitely Lisa. From at C McMahon seven one eight Mona Simpson, from Wastecasts. While well, Lisa is the obvious answer, let's be realistic here. She'd be an educated woman with progressive ideas. DNC would consider her unelectable, which is kind of sad to think about. So maybe it should be Mo. <sighs> We're in a world where The Rock <laughs> is going to be our next president. And everyone's just like, maybe. <laughs> okay. Uh, from Yes, It's Aaron. Laura Powers. She's smart and tough. Won't take crap from anyone. That's fair. And finally, from at at Hippie 200, I kind of want to answer Hank Scorpio because he respects his employees so much, but I guess him being a supervillain would be a hindrance. So I guess I would go with Mr. Bergstrom. He's an honest, empathetic man with good values. That's a very good point. Um, Matt, what is your answer? I mean, I kind of like the idea of Dr. Hibbert, uh, but I think if he ran, he would definitely be a Republican. So that's right out. So I think we're going to have to go with Mel. Sideshow Mel. President Sideshow Mel. Is he, does he run as Sideshow Mel? Of course. I mean, you have to have name recognition, so obviously you go as people. Oh, yes. Okay, fair enough. Andrew, like, who's going to vote for President Van Horn? Come on. <laughs> That's not <laughs> We've bad. We've had one Van Buren. That I know, enough. exactly. Uh, Andrew, what's your answer? So I think the right answer is Lisa, but I think the more interesting answer is Waylon Smithers. I'm going with, with BMD Simpsons Xbox. And I think the reason is simple. It's that running this country seems like a big job, but it's actually 2,800 small jobs. And if Smithers can keep the plant running and meet Mr. Burns' demands at the same time, then the demands of the presidency ought to be a breeze by comparison. That's not a bad answer. Smithers is capable, I think. Um, my answer, I am going to go with a, a sort of uh, a, a mutation of uh, Jenny's answer in Hippie 200. Where first she suggests Hank Scorpio, and then she suggests she actually answers Mr. Bergstrom. I would humbly suggest we have a Bergstrom Scorpio ticket, mm. where we have Bergstrom. Right, okay, does that, make, does that make Scorpio the vice president? Because yes. I'm pretty sure he would assassinate Bergstrom uh, <laughs> through some kind of machinations to see, become president. See, 
Okay, Matt. See, I'm... Okay, one, we had Dick Cheney as president. He did not kill George W. Bush. Okay. He stayed vice president the entire time, probably working as the de facto president for a large portion of the time. But he didn't, you know, he was content to work behind the scenes. I feel like King Scorpio would do the same. And I'm going to try and honor these characters at their best. And I think Hank Scorpio largely was an honest man. Okay. He was not a backstabber. He's not a betray. He didn't betray anyone. He was very clear about his intentions. And I would say that once, if he, if they, uh, him and Mr. Bergstrom came to a coalition and had a discussion and came to an agreement about what they would do as president and vice president, then Hank Scorpio would honor that agreement. And also, Hank Scorpio probably would play the long game and realize that after a term or two as vice president, it'd line him right up to be president. It'd be good to help him take advantage of Mr. Bergstrom's Semitic good looks. Exactly. First Jewish president. Here for it. Yeah. Get, get compassion. Intelligence. As a president. Crazy, huh? Hands out a note, and when you open it, it says, You are America. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing, yeah, that's really good. Uh, next week's question: What is your modern retcon of Margin Homer? What is if we look back? If you look back at the timeline now, as it stands in the year twenty twenty two, where where give me a basic background of Margin Homer? Give me a flashback story setting them up. This is an audacious question. I don't know how many answers we're going to get, but I do appreciate everyone who takes the time to answer. Uh, even if we get a handful, I'll think it, I'll I'll find it worthwhile. And I think it's an interesting question. We haven't one answer. We have one we haven't asked before. I'll uh, post this question on our social media, tw- uh, Twitter, at SimpsonsShowPod. You can email us at SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com. Uh, and you can also answer it on our Patreon, which, again, is patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt has a three-point lead on me. I've narrowed it down week after week. I've chipped away at, a, at, at what was a huge lead. Unfortunately, Andrew's here to provide Matt with a bunch of bonus points so that I will make my 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 loss even worse. I've said totally it before. <laughs> I've said it before. I'll say it again. I am a fair and even trivia person. Mm-hmm. All right, about that. We'll see. Um, Matt, are you ready for using these question? I am ready. Okay, these are all from Lisa Sachs. What gets destroyed in Lisa Sachs? I believe is Lisa Sachs' phone gets run over. That is true. That is correct. All right, your easy question. What college does Homer go to in Homer Goes to College? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I honestly don't remember. It's the most generic. Springfield University. You are correct. Thank you. I, I, that's all I could... I don't remember things. Uh, what's your meme question, Matt? Who plays Krusty in the TV movie The Krusty the Clown Story? I believe it is Five-ish Finkel. Matt? What, Robbie? What are you doing to me? (laughs) 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 What, 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 What are you doing to me? What is this? I'm sorry, Rob. I'm sorry. I just uh... this is this is a new Sergeant Fatso Judson moment. Like, what are you? Are you kidding me? It is, isn't it? Are you, <laughs> are you, they kid- say it out loud. Are you kidding me? You know how? Five-ish Finkel. I was like, there's not in a million years. I'm like, there's no way Matt knows this. 
There's no way he remembers five Schmeichel. Matt doesn't remember names. Uh, Matt doesn't remember names in uh, an obscure character. Medium question means that I shouldn't know it. I mean, that is what I intend, Matt. Unfortunately, most of the time I'm wrong, especially this season. You've gotten more of the mean questions right than you've gotten wrong. And this just adds to that. Yes, it's five Schmeichel. Obscure character actor from before you were born. You remember it. God almighty, you're killing me. What's my meme question? All right, your medium question. What does Mr. Burns task Homer with finding before the next full moon, before realizing it's in his glove box? Oh, it's so convoluted. Uh, it's like you guys... I know it's a long spiel. You must find the blank. Yes, the I know. Moon. I know, Matt. You saying that does not make my brain work better. I'm an idiot. Um, the something medallion. The the I don't I don't know I don't know. Ask Andrew. <clears throat> Andrew, do you know? I believe it is the Jade Monkey. You are correct. The Jade Monkey. Hey, right. Andrew. Can I have your points, please? <laughs> <laughs> For a price. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I'm a poor man. Uh, oh, it has nothing to do with money. Oh, God almighty. That's even worse. <laughs> oh, no. We're in a Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> uh, Matt, your hard question. What's the name of the expensive preschool recommended for Lisa in Lisa Sachs? I have no idea. Andrew, do you, you, you have a guess? Like Springfield Institute for the Gifted and Bossy or something. It is Miss Tillingham's School for Snotty Girls and Mama's Boys. Yeah, there you go. Ah, Mama's Boys. I should have remembered that. All right, Robbie, your hard question. There are two deans at Homer Goes to College, one on TV, one in real life. What are their names? Oh, God. Uh, Dean Winters and Dean Haversham. I'm sorry, Robbie. Uh, Andrew, do you know? So the the Springfield dean was Dean Peterson. I don't remember who the TV dean was. The TV dean was Bitterman. Oh, yes. Dean Peterson. (laughs) You can call him Bobby. Robbie, a bonus point if you can name the band that he played for. Oh, man. What is... I got to keep my knowledge about that and knowledge about the 90s, the 45 90s references they make in this episode. The name of the band he played in was Tsunami. Uh, I'm sorry, it's the Pretenders. He was the bass player for the Pretenders. Oh, they used a real band. I did not remember that whatsoever. <laughs> they did, actually. Okay. Um, Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Robbie. I'm, do you have trivia questions for us? I do have trivia so questions. So remember, you. you remember, you know, the remember what we talked about? About the importance of everybody loving the acclaimed? <laughs> That's what this podcast needs, more wrestling references. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't be a cop. Like the love the acclaim. Uh, give yeah. us give give me an easy question, please. Okay. Well, your theme for today's questions is Simpsons parodies. Since we got so many pitch perfect parodies in this episode. <sighs> okay. Oh dear. So, Robbie, your easy question: uh, The Springfield Files is a parody of what '90s television show? The X Files. You are correct, Matt. Your easy question: My Fair Laddie is a parody of what 1960s film? I believe it was My Fair Lady. That's correct. You're both doing great. <laughs> Be a little condescending tone here. <laughs> doing great. Never. Not once. Not, 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 once. Even, not even a little, yeah. Robbie, your medium question. What is the name of the main character in the Simpsons Harry Potter parody? 
All I can think about is that stupid pig from the movie. Uh, <laughs> it's not Harry Plopper. Uh, the main character's name of the Simpsons Harry Potter parody. No idea. Got nothing. Matt, you want to chime in? I don't. I I don't even know what Harry Potter parody you're you're referencing. So he remembers the Trios of Horror sketch where they actually call him Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of Angelica Button from the Angelica Button oh, series with one. Grace yeah, Dash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Matt, your medium question. What is the name of the annoying offensive alien from the Simpsons Star Wars prequel parody? Uh, Jim Jam Bonks. That is correct. It's just alphabet with extra J's for his serial. <laughs> <sighs> oh, boy. Sorry, Robbie. <laughs> I knew that one. I knew that one, uh, Andrew. But you asked Matt that uh, one. I'm sorry. I tried to uh-huh. I tried to give you guys equal questions. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I see how it is. It's fine. Give me a hard question. I'm sure it'll be really reasonable. <laughs> okay, Robbie. Here's your hard question. What is the title of the Itchy and Scratchy cartoon that parodies a certain classic movie featuring the character of Sergeant Fatso Judson? It is... I I like I don't know it that I could feel like I should be able to puzzle this out. Um, I don't know. I can't. I'm my brain is gone right now. It's eight o'clock. I had two beers. I might as well just be in bed. I'm afraid that's not the title of the movie, Thanks. Robbie. Very appreciate. <laughs> I mean, it's from here to eternity, but I don't know the name of the itchy and scratchy. The the name of the itchy and scratchy cartoon is from here to infirmity. That's, that's that's okay. I that's not very. That's not, very, very that's not itchy and that's, title. No, that's not. <laughs> they could do better. That's not that good. Well, we'll we'll see about that because mm-hmm. Matt, your hard question. Oh, no. What is the title of the itchy and scratchy cartoon oh, no. that parodies a certain classic sci-fi show starring the character Jean-Luc Picard? Oh God, uh, I have no idea. Uh, none whatsoever. No, no clue. <laughs> the answer is Scar Trek: The Next Laceration. Of course, of course. It's not. That's not that good either. I mean, that's like like those. Neither of those are that good. I'll be honest. I look through a decent number for this. There's a lot of them that are not great. I mean, yeah. I mean, they the the cartoons themselves are usually entertaining, so I think we forgive the kind of lame titles. There's one for my dinner with Andre that is just my dinner with Itchy. <laughs> that's <laughs> they're just not even trying that makes me kind of, that does make me laugh just because it's so lazy i don't know um i shouldn't i should encourage them well unfortunately now i am seven points behind matt now uh because i lost four points today because of jim jam I'll, okay i'll take the l i'll take the l on five-ish okay five-ish finkel that's my fault but jim jam banks that's what we get i get i don't get jim jam you don't ask me about jim jam Robbie, you you had a question not too long ago about Greystash, as I recall. Greystash? He's he's the uh, Dumbledore, Dumbledore equivalent to oh, Angelica Button. I don't, Andrew. You said you just said that, and I went, yeah, that happened. But do you think if before that I would have remembered it? I don't know. I, I thought it might have been fresher on your mind than it might otherwise have been. My goal for medium questions how is one ma- that you guys how, have to think about, but eventually get. How many hours of this podcast have I recorded? Oh, man. I mean, 500 at this point? More, maybe? This is... <laughs>
Uh, this episode 400 and I believe 14. Well, yeah, but they don't all go exactly one hour. And then there's the bonus episodes. I don't know how you factor those in. I've recorded over a thousand hours of the Simpsons show uh, in total. Probably way more than that. Honestly, me and Matt have both done a well over a thousand hours. So I don't remember anything yet, Drew. You expect me. I My memory is just nothing at this point. I might like you could. You ask me my name. I'd be like, um, starts with an R, I think. I think it's Rhoda. Rhoda. That's a good name. Uh, Matt has a big lead on me again. I have to claw my way back. Um, it's probably not going to happen. It was probably a fool's errand to do all to begin with. Matt's just smarter and better than me at this. Um, we can move on, however, to our final segment. Segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. I'm. I don't know what to do. I don't know. It may, yeah, because it's like I. I think Will was just in three twenty six because I don't know. I guess. Yeah, there was. Yeah, this the prediction was one episode lower than our last week's episode, uh, which was. Let me let me look back at our show notes. His prediction was. He was lower than that math. Um, three sixty two was his prediction. Was was uh was Tim's prediction. E Pluribus Wiggum was last week. I really hated E Pluribus Wiggum because it was so lazy. There's no story. There's no plot to it. You know? Like, there's nothing to the episode. It's just a bunch of political jargon and nonsense, and it ends. It'll wrap it up. This episode had more effort in it. I mean, strictly just like, oh, they wrote some parody songs. Like, that requires... Like, I don't think the songs are that brilliant, honestly, but they did write them. Like, they spent time writing those songs. Um, There is... A semblance of a story, even if it was rushed and feels disjointed and half complete. So I feel like there's more effort in this episode than E Pluribus Wiggum. They are literally the exact same level of funny, which is basically nothing. Um, I will say that E Pluribus Wiggum doesn't mock heroin addiction. We don't have a shot of Homer with a syringe stuck in his arm in E Pluribus Wiggum. Which I feel like we should definitely count against <laughs> this episode. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I do hate this episode more than E. Pluribus Wiggum, but I do also hate that episode. For, I, I think... Okay, Matt, I'm going to ask you this straight up. Which episode would you rather watch again? God, this one just for Weird Al, but that's not by saying much. I pick a third option, which is jumping off a building. Um, no, it would fault you for that. <laughs> I'm not sure, really. I'm really debating, like, it's Lady of the Tiger kind of situation here. Which one would I rather watch again? I don't really want to watch either again. I don't think I rolled my eyes. Oof, boy. I think this is better than E. Pluribus Wiggum. I have to be fair. I think it's better than E. Pluribus Wiggum. It is not that much better, though. It might be a one or two spots above it, and that is it. I think, honestly, once, I would put it right above E. Pluribus Wiggum. One spot. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. It's just, it's just, it's so this, lazy. The it's lazy is better with a lot of work. That is, that's what I mean. Like, that's the thing. Like, they don't. There's still no ending. As, as Andrew, as you said, there's no ending. They don't wrap anything up. They don't give us reasons for anyone doing anything. Maybe it's worse than E. Pluribus Wiggum. Now I'm doubting myself, Matt. Um, actually, you know what? I'm changing my mind. I think it's worse than E. Pluribus Wiggum. I, I think it is. You know what E. Pluribus Wiggum has, Matt? What's that? Ralph. Yeah, but there's not much Ralph. There's like a minute and a half of Ralph. Is something. I mean, this has Weird Al. 
That's not. I don't. Weird Al you know what? Ralph. You know what has Weird Al? Spotify. So well, Spotify therefore goes ahead of both Eplurbus Wiggins. Oh yeah, and... I mean, if we're ranking, if that's like if we're going to tier rank Spotify versus Disney episodes of Simpsons, yeah, Spotify's way up. Like I know it's not great for musicians; they don't get paid very much money, but it's still like I can listen to anywhere I want at any time. So yeah, it's way above these two episodes, The Simpsons. But I mean, it's just like well. If there was no other alternative to get Weird Al in my life, I could just go listen, like literally, I go listen to comedy Bang Bang, like that has Weird Al guest thing, or they watch the TV show that has Weird Al as a, a member of the the band. Like, there's ways to get Weird Al. Ralph, there's no other ways to get Ralph. You have to watch The Simpsons. This is what You're we're de- wrong there. I suppose this, this is what we're debating. I'm I would say I'm going to go with Sims answer. I'm putting it right below E. Pluribus Wiggum, Matt. You agree or disagree? I'm fine with that. <laughs> Matt's like my voice I, hurts. I, 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 I hate these so much. I don't want. I don't care. They're yeah. I don't know. I I'm waffling back and forth. I do think that this doesn't go below that, but still, it is just it's just miserable. And, and hey, and as you this, there is a bright there is a bright side of this. Oh yeah, it's above the screaming pillar. I, I, it's another All episode. Right. Another episode that is not below the screaming pillar episode. Which I know irks you, well, irks you every time we put one up below it. I think it is important to maintain the integrity of this Screamin' Pillar line. Now I'm starting to like doubt myself. Like maybe Screamin' Pillar is better than this. No, that way lies madness, Robbie. You <laughs> mustn't walk down it. Uh, this is where I'm at. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I. I. This is firm. Okay, where we firmly have gotten that ninety show number three sixty three on the list, right below E Pluribus Wiggum. Uh, Number 172 in the post Golden Years ranking. I'm just saying that is where my mental state is at. Where I'm debating, like, maybe Screamy Pillar is good. Maybe you find no, yourself longing no. for the sweet All embrace right. of the Screamy Pillar. Seek help. Guys, I, we're taking a couple weeks off. Robbie needs to recalibrate. He's just going to watch the Golden Years for <laughs> two weeks straight. Ludovico method. <laughs> I okay. I just it's I it's not. I don't seriously think about it, but I do have that moment. Where I'm like that. The screen bubble that does have a, that it does have like a little a joke like that I laugh at. You know when they say the screen bubble is sexually attracted to sexually aroused by fire, sexually attracted by to fire. I go, oh, that's funny. That's a joke. You know, that's like literally a joke. It's constructed. There's not a joke in this episode. A lot of the rest of the screen bubble is like a poor and terrible. Uh, but it does have a joke. I think that's Robbie, my... I will take Weird Al over Carmen Electra every day of the week. Uh, Agreed. Okay. All right. You mean as a guest appearance on The Simpsons is what you're saying? Yes, okay. that's what I'm saying. Okay. That's. I agree with you in that in that regard. But I'm sorry, Weird Al. <laughs> in every other regard. Sorry, buddy. You're great. You are. Okay, Matt. We're almost done. This episode's six hours long, but we're almost done. We have one more thing to do. <laughs> one more question to answer. That question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! This, uh, uh, this has interesting ramifications. It says something about our identity, about how we answer this question. Um, of course, we fire the cannon. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, Robbie, what are you doing? You're losing valuable cannon loading time. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's I, I, I here. I'm gonna. Just, I'll make. I'm, we are absolutely firing the cannon. This is not. We there's nothing of value in this. But I I do not object 
on the on the on the idea that oh they are retconning facts about the show or about the the history of the Simpsons family or about Homer and Marge. I am fine with that in principle. I am firing the cannon. But I hate this episode because of how it does it. It's all about the execution. It is not the principle of the matter. This episode's. I'm I, theoretically, if they could retcon it well and tell a good story, I wouldn't care. I just want to make that clear. Doing it for the right reasons. For the right reasons, and yes, fire the cannon. Goodbye. Goodbye forever, that 90s show. Never have to talk about it again, thankfully. Uh, you can find this list on our website, so simpsonshow.com. has links to everything, and links to our Patreon, and our Twitter, and our RSS feed, and a whole bunch of st- other stuff. And I go check out the website. I uh, It's working again. I got it, I got the word, the stupid WordPress backend working. After I don't know if I really did anything. It certainly got it to do something, but it works. Um, this list is on the website, too. Forgot to say that. Uh, hey, Matt. Yes, Robbie. Our next episode is Love Springfieldian Style. It is a what now? trilogy of stories about Valentine's Day, about love, or about romance. Oh, dear. They are parodies of, in turn, Bonnie and Clyde, Shady and the Vamp, which is a, a, a Lady and the Tramp parody, and Sid and Nancy. <sighs> but the okay. Sid, Sid okay. and Nancy is Lisa and Milhouse? Milhouse playing Sid Vicious? Oh, Sid Vicious is Nelson. Milhouse. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Andrew is an f- expert on this episode, apparently. I, I rewatched this episode recently. Oh, no. And, uh, you know, you, you guys have fun. This is gonna <laughs> oh, be... no. I don't like that at all. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Cletus they, plays. I... Cletus is important in the Bonnie and Clyde one. Oh, that's great. Cool. Well, let me, let me say this. If you guys enjoy in uh, the transposition of substance abuse with really enjoying or really needing sugar from this episode, you're really going to love the next episode. I don't like that, Andrew. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, Just trying to inoculate you early, Robbie. I I don't need it, honestly. I I need I really honestly I, like I just go on a like a I just abstain as much as possible in between. Just Fair. just to, go, go detox. Yeah, detox between uh bad new or not even new season. This twenty two thousand eight Simpsons episodes. Um, that's next week. You can guys watch along with us if you want. Uh, if you join our Patreon, you can leave your thoughts, your reviews about an episode. Um, what I do next is I plug the things I I make. Uh, where I'm on the internet, I'm on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. That's my name. My website is also my name. It is RobbieDorman.com, which includes links to everything I do in the, on the internet, um, including my horror novels and my newest novel, which is not a horror novel. It's a post-apocalyptic revenge western called Burial. Just came out this week. Uh, I. I some people are already buying it. Really appreciate everyone who does. Really appreciate you listening out there. If you go, give it a chance. Uh, it's my best book yet. Would really love it if you gave it a shot. It's about uh, a aging lady gunslinger in a post-apocalyptic landscape uh, trying to get revenge by burying the main wrongdoer in a radioactive hellscape, ensuring he is sent to the deepest, darkest hell. Uh, it's real good. You should go read it. Andrew, where can they find you and your things on the internet? 
Uh, they can find my pieces on Classic Film, as well as Robbie's favorite, my reviews of all the new Star Trek episodes from all the new Star Trek shows that have come out recently at thespool.net. Uh, you can also find my features on everything from Batman to The Simpsons at SlashFilm, SlashFilm.com. And you can find me on Twitter at TheAndrewBlog. As always, that is three words, TheAndrewBlog. Uh, but the last thing that I want to say, I, I say very sincerely, this one will will move you. So go buy Burial and also go look at Matt's Kittens afterwards to warm your heart. And thank you both very much for having me on. It is an absolute pleasure every time, even when the episode isn't good. Talking with you guys is. It's very kind of you, Andrew. Matt, uh, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that's true. But guys, I have 11 kittens in my house right now. I spent hours today just feeding and cleaning them. Make my effort worth it. Check them out on Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. And just appreciate how hard I work to keep them looking that cute. They're exceedingly cute. They are very cute. I can't argue with that. And hey, who's out there getting angry at flea-ridden kittens getting bathed. All right? They need to get bathed. They have, they have fleas, man. Like, yeah, of course they don't like it. They're kittens. What's wrong with you? I'm just yelling at Instagram commenters who are not listening to this podcast, but whatever. They deserve getting yelled at. Uh, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Thank you, bunch of the success. Thank you.